First law, a robot may not injure a human being or, through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. Second law, a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And the third law, a robot will look and be cool as fuck. Isaac Asimov Automatons, golems and version 2.0s thereupon. This is modern escapism. Hello, my name is Oscar Oscar, Delta Lima Echo Sierra, and today I am joined by the Sex Master Pleasure Climaxiator 9000i, it's Biggie. <laughs> good, evening, good evening. The Editron Audio Coacillator 5.2, it's Gadget. Alright. The Fembot 20TIP <laughs> Drinking Buddy Nano, aka The Candy Machine. Hello. And finally, designed as a protocol droid intended to assist in etiquette, customs and translation, boasting fluent in over 6 million forms of communication, it's Stig3PO. But he won't be here until later, because he's late. So I'll say hello instead of him. Hello! (laughs) (laughs) These impressions just get better and better, don't they? (laughs) How are we all this week? Marvellous. It's been a wild one, hasn't it? Yeah, apologies for my uh, being away last week, so I'm uh, I'm back. Yeah, um, have you got any thoughts before we go on further to uh, the the week that you missed? Uh, No, I think uh, it was a great episode. I really enjoyed listening to it. Totally agree with uh, Stig's choices about the football. Yeah. Um, Not so impressed with the impression of me. I think Um, they were spot on, really. (laughs) But yeah, no, it was good. I, I really enjoyed listening to it myself. Excellent. Well, before we do continue then, we have got a patron to plug, and I'm not very good at this kind of thing, and our patron plugger is not currently here at the moment, so who wants to uh, take the uh, mantle as patron pluggerist? Gadget will do it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Apparently I was about to volunteer, but I was getting (laughs) voluntold. Fantastic. Take it away. Uh, Yeah, we have a Patreon. where people give us money and they get more bonus stuff because we like giving bonus stuff and we mm. do far too much for you all, so we now charge for it. Um, <laughs> if you head over to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash modern escapism, you can see that we have three tiers. We have the Modern Escape East tier, which is a five a month, gets you extended versions of this show. Um, it also gets you a monthly bonus show, plus random bonus series that we do. We've had the full Loki spoiler cast. Right now, me and Biggie are working through uh, the Fast and the Furious films <laughs> with Too Faff, Too Curious. And uh, by the time you hear this, we we'll should have recorded the second episode, or we'll be about to record the second episode. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that one's good. Uh, we also have the Score Cheap tier, which is also a fiver a month, which is for Do Dragon's Dream of Score Cheap, our D&D podcast. That one gets you early access to episodes, ad-free listening. It gets you battle maps, artwork the Candy Machine does, any musical things we do, character sheets, loads of extra stuff. And you can also uh, pitch item names and NPC names for me to use in the campaign if you want to. Uh, or if you're feeling very flush and you want to support both of our podcasts, there's the Biggie Bundle, which is £7.50 a month and it gets you everything. Everything. It's, it's as big as me. Yeah. You also get a hug and a kiss off Biggie. 
<laughs> Tenderly. Yes. <laughs> Lovingly. Caressingly. I may go Aww. too far, but... but it, it, it's you, Biggie. You always go too far. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, patreon.com forward slash modern escapism. Thank you very much there, replacement Stig. Um, that was lovely. <laughs> um, because the fans are champing at the bit to know what Biggie's been up to these past two weeks he's had, what have you been up to? This better be good. <laughs> okay, so um, first thing I did was on the Saturday before the pod I missed, um, I stayed up for about five hours to watch um, Scratch Bastard do a live stream with DJ Jazzy Jeff at DJ Jazzy Jeff's house. Wow. And it was like a, a bastard barbecue, and it's basically just like a live set, and it was really cool, and it's out there. Um, I'm part of their VIP room, so I had a little... Ooh, you're um, hard. We had a little Zoom meeting with a few of us were all there, grooving away, chilling out, listening to it. It was really cool. That was awesome. Um, after that, I've managed to catch a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. One is I saw a movie called Hashtag Alive. I don't know if anyone else has seen it in here. I've seen it advertised, yeah. It's really cool. It's a Korean 2020 film. It basically revolves around a video game live streamer's struggle for survival as he's forced to stay alone in his apartment in Seoul during a zombie apocalypse. It's also it's quite reminiscent of the early days of the pandemic lockdowns, the, um, the feeling of isolation. Um, he doesn't want to leave his room. Um, there's chaos happening all outside. Um, and he decides he's running out of food quite quickly. Um, and he has to venture out a little bit. And it's really cool. Really enjoyed it. Um, the main thing I wanted to talk about was I watched the series Sons of Sam, which is also on Netflix. Mm. You guys seen this? I've seen it. I, I, it keeps popping up on my, like, trending. Is, is there, like, two se- series of it? No, it's just one. It's oh, basically... Right. Um, well, I think there's actually something else that's based on it, but this particular one yeah. is just one series. Um, it's based on author Maury Terry, who's convinced that um, the serial killer David Berkowitz, who was originally arrested for the killings as son of Sam, um, he did actually admit to it. But um, there's a theory that he did not act alone. And yeah. uh, this series basically tries to prove that there's a web of darkness behind Son of Sam uh, murders, which goes deeper than anyone imagined, and it really does. And his investigation basically costs him everything. Wow. Uh, he was also known, son, uh, David Berkowitz was also known as the 44 caliber killer, which was the other nickname that he had. Um, he basically pleaded guilty to eight shootings in New York, which began in 1976. The documentary covers things like I, the eyewitness the eyewitness portraits really varied. So some did look like him, so they were sort of quite spot on. And there were some really weird ones that were just kind of like, no, look nothing like him. Mm. And this sort of was never really investigated. Um, and that, that starts this like spiral of um, the journalist, how far a big rabbit hole he goes down. Um, he discovers links to cults, uh, New York PD corruption. Wow. Um, I don't want to reveal too much because. Um, it is quite interesting to watch it, how things are drip-fed into you as the series goes on. Um, I mean, everyone knows that he got arrested and stuff, so they did obviously catch the guy, yeah. but it's just the fact the theory behind it is really cool. Um, I thought it was gripping. Uh, the main character's voiced by Paul, is it Giamatti? Giamatti? Yeah, Giamatti. Um, and there are interviews with everybody involved. So you see interviews that were recorded then and then ones that are recorded now by those that are still alive. And mm. it's just really interesting. Um, 
I think it's like four episodes or something. And they're like a good hour and a half long or something like that. But yeah, we really enjoyed it. It was so I'm good. I'm sure there's been a film of this or something else other, other than that. I'm sure it's been covered before, but yeah. I, I think this particular author who ended up uh, releasing a book called The Ultimate Evil, which was his theory on this, which actually yeah. got reopened. The case at one point was reopened because of his research. Um, just shows you how obsessed you can become to the point that you lose everything in your life around you. And it just shows this guy just wouldn't let go of this theory, basically. It just kind of, it's almost like he's another victim in his own way. Yeah, yeah. You see, you see it all the time when you watch stuff like with Zodiac and stuff like that, do you know yeah. what I mean? And the, these obsessives, these investigators as well, they're just, it's, it's crazy. It's fascinating, though. And that, that's what I like about it is that although he doesn't really, there's a couple of bits where he obviously is recorded, but um, later on he's voiced by Paul Giamatti. So it's kind of, mm. you're having to rely on how the evidence is given to you about what happened to this guy and the theories behind um, whether the son of Sam was actually working on his own or not. And it does really make you think at the end, you have to start weighing up the evidence in front of you. And it's really hard to make a decision. It really is. Yeah, and did you say there's four episodes? It's something like that. It, it, it's because we, we just watched it straight one after yeah. the after in one night. It's just kind of like we wanted to finish this, so we've kind of lost track of how many times it uh, stopped and started. Some of these so. Netflix ones are annoying though. Like these making a murderer, where they expect it's as if you're not going to see the next episode for another week, but you, you've seen it straight away. Like they leave it on this weird cliffhanger, and it that does my head. And it's like we yeah. just go, I'm got, I'm binging this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we did because I I'm, I must admit I get very frustrated having to wait wait a week for an yeah. episode. The fact that we used oh, to how our, used to how our lives have changed in the days <laughs> of streaming. Well, that's it though because you you think about when you had TV when you used to watch I don't know 24 and you had to wait a week. Oh god, yeah, an episode stuff like that was. We've been kind of, like you say, spoilt with streaming services, but then now they're doing the same thing. It's like, no, we'll let you wait a week for something. It's like, no, you put it on. No, I so, begrudge it when they do that. It makes me want to not watch it. <laughs> some genuinely deserve to be uh, a weekly event for for the, and I'm going to say it, hold, hold, hold on to your chuffing ears, the zeitgeist. I know people don't like that word. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, people like to uh, la- latch on to it. you learning culturally significant oh. words. <laughs> <laughs> You've been on Twitter again, haven't you? Oh, <laughs> once or twice. Oh, and speaking of which, I finally caught up with WandaVision. I Good really in it. Hey. But I wanted to say just very quickly how brave I thought it was, the first two episodes particularly. Yeah, because I nearly lost yeah. me on that. You could have lost a lot of people. Mm. Um, but there is a reason why it does that, and I think yeah. it's really clever. As a whole, it's 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 incredible. I do I do think Loki's better as a whole, but yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to watching. Oh, you'll love it! But excellent. That's that's a that's a jam packed um, couple of weeks. Um, thank you, uh, Candy. What you've been up to? I rewatched a TV series on Amazon called Utopia. Um, now I have seen this before. I watched it about I think it originally came out a year ago. Um, and I got hooked at the time. Unfortunately, it has been cancelled now, so I just have to sort of make do with the first series unless they, somebody else decides to pick it up. Um, it didn't get particularly good reviews. It might be a little bit too niche. It might have also been released kind of at the wrong time. I think it may have uh, hit a little bit too close to home with uh, current events. But it's mm. just one of those pieces of media that I really feel is, you know, when you feel it's it's just been written for you in particular, it just it ticks all my boxes. Um, 
Now, if you haven't seen it, it's a sci-fi drama series and it's based on an original British series by the same name, which I think came out in 2013. Yeah, that the people adored that. Yeah, and again, that's very sort of quirky and niche. Now, I actually did try and watch the original one. It just didn't. It just didn't hit the same for me. Mm. Um, but if you're a comic book nerd or you enjoy the sort of comic con scene, um, I would give it a try because I think you might enjoy it despite the somewhat mediocre reviews. Um, now, I won't talk about the plot because I mentioned before it, it might hit a little bit too close to home. Um, just do an internet search if you want to. If it sort of piques your interest, just do but... a Bing search. Exactly. Um, but I will mention Start why I personally... Start oodling on Oodle. <laughs> yeah. Do an Oodle search. Yeah. Um, but the reason I, I particularly enjoyed it, um, the events take place around a comic book called Utopia, uh, hence the name, which is a sequel to Dystopia. Um, you get some really, really nice close-up lingering shots of the comic itself, and the artwork inside is just, it's just stunning. And the art was created by... And I'm going to murder this. Uh, Zhao Ruas. I'll spell it out for you because I really <laughs> recommend having a look at this guy. It's spelled J-O-A-O-R-U-A-S. So Zhao Ruas. Um, he's an artist from Sao Paulo and he does a lot for a lot of TV work. But he also does um, his own um, shows around the world now. So hopefully he'll come to England. We can go see one. It's probably um, pronounced something like Wow Ruas or something like that. Yeah, Wow. 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 <laughs> or Dave. Yeah, probably. Dave. We'll call him Dave from now on. Or Dave. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge comic book fan, actually, myself. Certainly not in recent years. And that's well, you not should because be. I know I should be. It's not because I'm not interested. It's just finding the time and knowing where to start at certain points. Um, but I do love good artwork. I can appreciate that. And yeah, I have really tried. Good. Yeah, I've tried unsuccessfully to find some high-res images of the art that's actually used in the show um and some merch but to no avail unfortunately um the cast as well they're excellent it's got john cusack in it rain wilson and sasha lane uh you might recognize her from the recent loki series Mm. and uh while it is a drama series it does have some sort of occasional dark humor and i think they pull it off pretty well um visually it looks really slick as well the cinematography it's lovely and some of the shots it's almost as if J.J. Abrams and Zack Snyder kind of had a love child that was sensible Ooh. enough to hire a good editor. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Is, uh, is, is, is Rain Wilson playing like the quirky outcasts? Because that's what he seems to play in everything he's done since The Office. The show only has quirky outcasts. Oh, <laughs> so, fair enough. So, yeah. Fair enough then. So, yeah, he is very <laughs> <He's> Uh, the soundtrack as well it just fits really nicely that's a quirky soundtrack too but yeah i'd recommend giving it a try if you haven't already it's probably going to be like tv marmite but knowing our Mm. listeners we have we all have fairly common interests so chances are you'll enjoy it and if you don't it's been cancelled anyway so yeah your wish is my command (laughs) have you seen all of it like up to the point where it's been cancelled yeah does it make sense where it's finished it, yeah, it comes to a somewhat satisfying conclusion. I mean, okay. I, it leaves me wanting more, but you never know. I mean, it might be picked up by somebody else. Hmm. Hmm. Excellent. I mean, yeah, I'll try it because I remember. I remember the original uh, BBC series, like getting a lot of hype and people loving that. So maybe the modern the modern visuals will allow me to enter it easier. Yeah, I think I might give it a go again myself. I just maybe I just wasn't in the right mood for it. It's just it's a really different tone, so I'll go and I'll go in knowing that now. 
Excellent. Excellent. Anything else? I did see a film, but... Uh, a film? I, I did see a film <laughs> called Suicide Squad, but I think I'll wait a couple of minutes to chat about that. Yeah, same. I, I also saw a film called Suicide Squad, and I will wait to discuss that. So, Gadget, well, oh my God, here comes a new challenger. Hey, hey. Oh my God, where did you pop up from? Um, I'm here, finally. Uh, You're late. I am late. I am late. Not only did I push the recording back by a good hour and a half, I then ended up being another half an hour late. Um, well, for so. that, you're you're going to go last on this pecking order. It's going to be recorded on your annual review. Yeah, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. on probation. So, as, at least at I, least I made it. You know. You know yeah, you're, 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 I, I did joined in halfway through. I appreciate your little, uh, little dig there, Biggie. Yeah, yeah, that was quite obvious. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, Biggie's just an excellent Ants. nexus, so it doesn't matter. He's, he's, he's redeemed himself. I'm just Gadget, sure come on. What have you been up to? Fuck's sake. Uh, so a couple of things for me. Uh, I finally finished after months of reading it, um, The Three-Body Problem by, and I'm going to get his name, I'm going to pronounce his name absolutely <laughs> wrong because it's Chinese author, but I believe it's uh, uh, Sushin Lu. Yes. Sushin Lu, something like that. Spelled C-I-X-I-N. Lovely. We've got some really pronunciations today. Yeah. So, uh, Three Body Problem is a science fiction novel, um, and I've just got the synopsis here because it's quite a hard one to describe, but it's um, set against the backdrop of China's cultural revolution, a secret military project sends signals into space to establish contact with aliens. An alien civilization on the brink of destruction captures the signal and plans to invade Earth. Mm. Meanwhile, on Earth, different camps start forming, planning to either welcome the superior beings and help them take over the world, uh, help them take over a world seen as corrupt, or fight against the invasion. The result is a science fiction masterpiece of enormous scope and vision. And that last line on it is actually true. It's one of the most interesting science fiction novels I've ever read. Sounds fucking brilliant. Yeah. What lets it down is probably the translation. Yeah. Because the, and and I was reading the translator's notes at the end of it. um, And the translator has basically tried to keep as much of the Chinese way of speaking in the dialogue while making it make sense to like English speaking audiences. So, Descriptions are great. So, like, what the characters are doing, the 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 scientific concepts that they're putting in, like those kind of things, they're brilliant. But dialogue suffers. Dialogue comes across as really wooden when you, and it's really hard. The first few things that you read about in the book, the first few sections of dialogue, it's just it doesn't seem to make sense. But it's like you have to take away from the fact, like how English natives speak, and think of it. This is how Chinese people speak. Yeah. Um, some characters seem really abrupt, or they seem very angry, then I'm going to do this kind of thing. And it's just suddenly, and it, it is literally just the translation from Chinese. So it can get a bit weird. But it's a different the, cadence, isn't it? Very mm. different cadence. But the actual concept of the novel is fucking brilliant. It's yeah. really, really interesting. Uh, from what I've read online, apparently the science doesn't necessarily hold up, but it doesn't is science matter. fiction, so it doesn't matter. Um, you also learn quite a lot about the Chinese Cultural Revolution out of it, which I knew very little of. Um, so you get some back stuff, and some you hear some of the brutality about it, like how um, how the, the the Chinese government in the sixties and seventies just treated people. It's quite fascinating. So yeah, I really really recommend the three body problem. I'm going to get the second book, which is the Dark Forest, and uh, see how that goes. Yeah, man. But the main thing I want to talk about is uh, I started playing on Oodles's recommendation, uh, Days Gone. Oh, what a game! I adore yeah. it. Because uh, don't, don't break my heart. <laughs> Fantastic thing, if you get a PS5 and you sign up for PS Plus, uh, you get a load of PS4 classics yeah. you can download for free, it's like God of War and stuff like that. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Yes. Uh, I'm about 
10 hours into it so far. I'm just kind of pottering on in the early areas of the game. Only about 70 hours left then. <laughs> it's a big game. <laughs> um, this uh, Days Gone is by Ben Studios. It's a PS4 exclusive, but it's out now on Steam as well. Mm. Uh, and Epic Store, I think. Uh, it's an action, action horror adventure open world game set in post-apocalyptic Oregon two years after a global pandemic. And you play as former outlaw turned drifter Deacon St. John, that which might be the name. silliest name. Um, <laughs> I know, as fiction, soon as I heard that name, I was like, what the fuck? Well, in the dialogue, they called him Deke Deke. I'm like, oh, that's a D. I thought it was like D-E-K-E. Yeah, as in like, yeah. that, that is a name. Yeah. And then he's introduced it, I'm Deacon St. John. I'm like, what? What is that name? My name's John Everyman. At what point did that just get approved? You know, like, they must have had a list of fairly decent names. And then, then someone goes, yeah, let's mate, go with that one. His best you know? mate's called Boozer. Yeah, his best mate's called Boozer. Um, for science fiction fans uh, as well, um, Deacon is played by uh, Sam Witwer, who oh, played Crashdown in Battlestar Galactica. Um, and he is completely wasted in it because his performances are excellent. The dialogue is dreadful. Yeah. Oh God, the dialogue is bad. <laughs> it's super um, bad. The acting is fantastic, though. Like the, the actors are doing great things with terrible dialogue. Um, mm. But uh, the presentation of the game is really good. It looks beautiful. I mean, I'm playing it on PS5, and it hasn't had a next gen patch. It just runs at 60 frames a second. Um, you basically you are riding your motorbike, exploring through the forests of. Um, of Northern Oregon, uh, dealing with uh, they call them freaks in this, but they're, they're zombies mm-hmm. of the of the reasonably fast variety. Freakers, freakers, that's it. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's a standard Sony open world explorer up murdery kind of game. You do the other little puzzle here and there, do a lot of exploration. Uh, you have to maintain your bike. There's there's some quite nice mechanics in terms of like you have to make sure you find petrol to keep it going. Um, it might be the most fuel inefficient bike I've ever seen in a game. That's ridiculous. Um, seeing seeing as you can go through your entire tank on a two kilometer drive. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those it's things. Got a where, hole in it somewhere. It's one of those things <laughs> where you've got, to treat, you've got to treat the fuel as stamina for like a horse on them type yeah. of games. It's not re- it's not realistic at all. No, but it, it is a nice mechanic, and that you know, like you know, you don't need to use the bike if you don't want to. You can walk no, everywhere, but it'll no. just take you fucking forever. Yeah. Um. I'm playing it kind of stealthy. I'm trying to avoid combat and do stealth kills. Um, and there is a pretty meaty stealth engine in it. You can do quite a lot. It's not quite a Hitman levels, but you get a lot of tools. You can like craft weapons. You can steal um, oil filters from cars and use them as suppressors on your pistol. Stuff I like love that. that, mate. I love it. Yeah, it's a really cool little thing. Um, the game actively discourages you from using guns in some situations. Like using an assault rifle is so inaccurate. It's pointless. It's only useful for like spraying into a crowd of zombies that are chasing you. Yeah. Uh, the zombies themselves aren't scary until there's more than three of them. And yeah. if there's three of them, they're fucking terrifying mm. because they just rush you. And it's actually really tense. It's one of the best implementations of zombies I've seen in, in a game since Resident Evil. It's like water, isn't it? It's like a torrent of zombies. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I, I mean, I haven't, encou- I haven't faced up against the Horde yet, but I've seen, there's been a couple of cutscenes with them and like the way that they look scary as fuck. There's optional ones you could go to, but I don't recommend it yet. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, the Horde's, it's like more mid to late game. But fucking hell, yeah. they're, they're like water. When that game was getting originally 
sort of reviewed and criticised. I do remember somebody posted on YouTube, just go watch this, and he was creeping in some bushes or something, just trying to be really careful. And then he turned round, and literally he'd almost been snuck up on by this horde of zombies. <laughs> and he turned around, he was like, "Fucking hell!" Yeah, this, 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 there are some uh, static hordes that are more cinematic in, in approach, like. On the original gameplay demo, there's that one. Yeah, I remember the, the lumberyard. Yeah, but there's also the roaming hordes, which are just completely randomly walking around the world, and it's. I, I, I think it's random. They've probably got a set path. Do, do they just teleport then, like they're doing the Walking Dead? Not, they're not that powerful. <laughs> <laughs> although, although, well, to be to be fair, sometimes the game spawns them in, like when it thinks you're not looking. Yes, um, yeah, I like, noticed that. So, so, so you'll, like you'll go to an area, it says like clear out the the freaker nests. Uh, okay, fair enough. So you get like a little kind of cutscene overview showing the place, and you've turned up there. There's nothing there, and when the cutscene ends, <laughs> yeah. there's like fifty of them. <laughs> it's it's a proper game so, game, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, there's, there's, it's it's got a few rough edges to it. Like I say, the the dialogue. Is is dreadful but i'm really enjoying the story uh presentation is can be beautiful like like when you get up to high places and you look over the world it's it's as good as horizon zero dawn for some of that yes, stuff it is um it runs really well i i'm really enjoying it and considering you can get it for free on on ps plus it's if you've got a ps5 it's well worth playing it's also about um, a tenner to just buy physical anyway oh yeah yeah there's loads of copies out there um, i've downloaded it it's really yeah, good. No, it's it's absolutely absolutely worth playing. I'm I'm re- I'm really enjoying it, and the, like I say, my my only letdown on it really is just the dialogue. It could it yeah. it, it fe- a lot of the dialogue feels like it's like first draft stuff. Like mm. yeah, and they just the, let it they just let it go. With, they've gone with it, haven't they? Like, fuck it. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the message the, the message for the dialogue is there. They just the the execution is poor. Yeah. Uh, oh, and this and you get this. You unlock this radio station quite early on, which is your only one, and it's this oh, fucking God. um right wing redneck guy. Yeah. Preaching on about the Second Amendment and stuff like that, like the politics within the game, suck. Yeah, they do. Like because Deacon is neither for nor against them. There are some things this guy says the Deacon actively agrees with, and some of it that he disputes. He's a proper like, fence sitter, isn't he? Yeah, it's. I, I guess the intention is supposed to make Deacon seem like he's a complex person, like he's got opinions <laughs> both sides of it. But when when you've when you've listened to Mark Copeland talk on about how. The American government watered down gun laws so that the, yeah. hu- the human race would be destroyed when the zombie apocalypse came because that's what the liberal elites wanted. Yeah. And he's like, and the, and Deacon's response is, "Yeah, I'll take all the guns I can get." It's like, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. No, you don't get to do that. Don't make a political point and then have your character agree, a stupid political point and then make your character agree with it. I mean, Deacon isn't the smartest nut in the turd, anyway. As it as it goes, no. he's a very good he's a very good survivalist, but yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't know how to read a humans for one. No, but uh, I mean, gameplay. Like I say, gameplay wise, it's really enjoyable. I think it's it's about as good an open world Sony game as I've played. Um, I've got a real soft spot for these type of vehicle open world games. Like I'm big into Mad Max. I love this game. So I I don't know what it is. It just does it for me. You know what I'm like when I'm playing games. I'm listening to something else as well, so I can switch off and just yeah. Yeah, I mean this. I mean this game's a perfect podcast game because there's not really a lot of incidental dialogue when you're driving around. Yeah. And there's no like it's not like GTA where you've got the radio stations that keep you entertained. Exactly. You've just got this Mark Copeland going on and he pisses the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's the worst. And then they, they expect you to help his camp. No thank you. <sighs> <laughs> did, um, I'm gonna send all the hordes there. Did did you say the zombies were called freakers? Yeah. Yeah. See, I, why why do that's one thing that bugs me, it's the same with the Walking Dead. It's like everyone would call them zombies. 
I mean, there are characters in that game that call them zombies. And they call them walkers, and they call them walkers. Like, where's the mm. word walker come from? They're fucking zombies. Just it, 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 In zombie media these days, they, they want to get away from calling them zombies, but they are zombies. It's like, just call them mm. a fucking yeah. zombie. I was like, going to say, yeah. there's not some kind of legal reason, is there? Like, no. the term no. zombie isn't... <laughs> It is, it, it is it is a branding thing. Like they call walkers the Walking Dead because it's the name of the name of the property. Yeah. yeah. In this they call in this they call freakers because I think the game director, uh, what's his name, Josh Garvin or something yeah. like that. You know, you know the one that said we should all buy it at full price yep. so yeah. so his children can eat. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said something along the lines of he didn't want it to be called a zombie game. He wanted yeah. it to be the different. But it is. Um, it is whereas, a zombie I mean, game. Yeah. I mean, the th- the thing is, like Neil Druckmann didn't stop people calling um, the infected in The Last of Us zombies. He was quite happy about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are there are, are some characters zombies? that call them zombies in in Days Gone, but as a whole, they do all call them freakers. Like it's it's mild spoiler that you do go to different like territories in the US, and oh, yeah. they they all still call them freakers. <laughs> You, yeah, it was like, might... who, got, who got the word out that it's like, oh, they, make, these aren't zombies, they're called freakers. Oh, okay, at least, I'll, at least I'll make with... sure the next camp over knows. Yeah. <laughs> there, 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 is a, there is a one as well. I did walk through a building where someone had painted on the door, on the door uh, don't open freakers inside in the same order that they're doing on The Walking Dead. Yeah. But at, oh, at least so on The like, Walking Dead. They, 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 don't, don't freakers open inside. Each, <laughs> each, um, dead open inside. In The Walking Dead, each, like, community they call them different things though i don't know if you remember that but they've all got yeah, different names. Yeah, shufflers ramblers shamblers and all that uh he's the walking dead expert now that he's binged through the whole season and not all of it <laughs> not all of it but yeah uh, days gone i i also recommend it i think it's uh, a brilliant dumb game yeah it's great it's, it's, it's a lot it's a lot of fun just don't listen to the storyline no, <laughs> and just just and enjoy the uh the bike the bike's so good i think it controls so well me yeah, I, I'm quite enjoying like, especially when it's raining, like power sliding around. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, oh. So, sorry, sorry. The, the other thing, the other thing that I hate, just very quickly, uh, the sniper ambushes. Fuck them. Oh yeah, fuck, fuck them em. so much. Fuck them. Just some fucking guy up in a tree that you can't see for miles away. Yeah. Sniping at you, and you, your only warning is him, is Deacon going, "Oh fuck, it's a, sni- a sniper yeah. attack." Too late. As you get shot. <laughs> <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> I started playing Batman Arkham Knight this week. Just not very far into it, which is why I didn't bring it up. But fuck me, does that car not control well at all? That's why I stopped playing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Jesus. Back tank. That's not a car, mate. It's a tank. <laughs> what is and then that them, all and about? then them having like forcing these bat tank missions on you, and you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Up on the it's roof, two, for fuck's sake. It's like, two thirds what? of the game. Yeah, yeah. You get your most fundamental thing in the game working. Play Mad Max. That's got a great car mechanic. Play yes, Days Gone. That's got a great agree. bike mechanic. It's fucking yeah. Don't. Piss about! I love I love um, the Batman games, but I don't I don't need the Batmobile at all. No, no. But anyway, we'll move on to me. Um, I I've been watching a film called Suicide Squad, but I'm not going to discuss that because I know Stig is just raring to go on that one. <laughs> but uh, the main thing I want to talk about is Death Star, a computer game that I have completed this week um, in one sitting. I'll just add that. Bad <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> Absolute madman. Yeah. It took so, me... This is this has been a little ripple of a game that's gone through our community, hasn't it? Yeah. Because it started with uh, Luke, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Did you play it on a computer? No. I played it on the Xbox. You know that console that's um, really good? You I played just it on it a computer game. Oh, I call them all <laughs> computer games. Sorry. Sorry, Dad. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Death Star. Um... 
it cost me £2 and 3 pence. I, I have to make you aware of this. And I think that game's fucking incredible. After, after, afterwards, while I was playing it, I was just like, hmm, this is good, this feels good, this is tight, this is nice. And if you don't know what it is, it's an isometric action RPG light type thing in which you play as a crow reaper and have to reap the souls of area bosses to unlock the death's door. I'm not going to spoil the uh, plot because I think that's one of the better things in this game, which is rare for this uh, kind of game. If you don't really play much games, think old school Zelda kind of vibes. Um, it's got some puzzles. It's got dungeons. Is it called a Metroidvania as well? I, it's, it's barely, mate. It's barely a Metroidvania. There are areas that you have to go back to, but no, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it that. It's um, when combat's closer to something like Hades, but not as fluid, not as fast, uh, not as frantic. But yeah, it's just. It's just. Straight away, you play it. The art style just hits you. It hits you. It's, I don't know if you guys have seen it in action. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. It's it, the first, when I first saw the screenshots. The first thing I thought was like an isometric Zelda. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so beautiful. It's so like stylized and everything's like it's a. Like if, it's like but, if Tim Burton did uh, a Zelda game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and instead of Link, you're a crow. Um, and you, you, there's, there's plenty of weapons. I think there's four or five weapons you can have, six maybe, I can't remember. Um, and you just go around smashing baddies. Uh, they're, they're not very difficult, the um, the main baddies. Uh, and then you work your way through a series of dungeons, puzzles, keys, that kind of thing, and then you fight a boss, which they're the show-stopping moments. Some of the bosses in this are brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Um, some of them are just... Absolute Dark Souls style jewels are against some kind of beast, but some of them are actually quite thoughtful and puzzle like bosses. Um, the checkpoint system's incredible. You don't lose anything when you die, only pro- progression. So that's good. So every time you die, you technically could get stronger as long as you're fighting. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a, a really nice, simple. I mean, people are saying, oh, it's a 14 hour game. It's not. I've 100%ed it. And- Seven hours, I think. So it's it's really good. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the uh, the plot, but when you complete the game, you haven't completed the game. I'll tell you that much. There's 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 a lot more to do afterwards, and some people are saying it's better. I don't think it's better than the main game, but I just I just think it's uh, it's really clever, and I hope they do more of this because apparently if, if only a couple of people develop this game, um, like like a five man team or something like that, and yeah, right. You can't tell. It's there's so much. It, it oozes quality. You know, like when you first play Hollow Knight, and you're like, "Wow, this is this is." It oozes quality. It's, it's that kind of caliber. Mm. Um, it's just it's just dripping with just pure quality. Um, play it, play it. You had me at Tim Burton Zelda. Yeah, that's that's the, <laughs> that's a great way. That's an absolutely great way of ex- explaining. It. I mean, the plot is it's, it's quite bureaucratic in nature. You work for a company that reaps souls. <laughs> Um, think Grim Fandango style companies. Um, yeah, it's just really good. It's really good. Play it. I'm not. Gi- I'm not giving it much justice, but I never do. Um, it's just really good. I, I weren't. I, I didn't spend much time with it. <laughs> so I, just, <laughs> I just ripped through it in one day. Uh, but best two pound three pence I've spent in a long time. Um, yeah, I've, I think even at normal price that you can get it on the stars, it's under ten pound or something like that. I'm not sure. But yeah, really good. So. He's been waiting. He's run back from Liverpool today. <sighs> Stig, 
What are you talking about? Um, I talk about a podcast. Don't know what you're in about Suicide Squad. Oh right, well, well, yeah. fucking hell. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I did, I did, uh, I did record another podcast this week. No so, way. Yeah, look out for that when uh, it finally gets put out. What I've podcast is it? What podcast is it? I guessed it on. Uh, what the fuck do you want? I've never heard of it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you got lots of merchandise for it though. Is that what that is? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I, I uh, finally got my episodes with uh, Deadbeat Punk in the can this week. I had a bit of time Saturday. It was just like, kids are out, kids at work, want to do it. So yeah, that's... Uh... So you thought you'd get abused by an Irishman for a few, for half an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, it was pretty nice to me. It's because you intimidate him. Yeah, yeah obviously. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, I enjoyed doing that. Um, got a lot more out than I thought I would. From it, so did you have a cry at the end? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, even missed, I even missed stuff out after. I was just like, oh shit, I've got to talk about this and this and that. So, yeah, mate, we we spent half an hour each on these sections before. That's not a lot of time to discuss something that you want. Yeah. So yeah, it was really good. So I, I don't know when that when that's gonna come out. Um. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I saw Suicide Squad this week. It's my first trip back to the cinema since the twenty. 1st of December 2019. Since Star Wars. Since blech, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Absolute dog shit film. It is. Um, so not the best of films to have like left the cinema f- uh, to, but I absolutely loved this film. Mm. Um, I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, the best thing Disney ever did was firing James Gunn and letting <laughs> DC and Warner Brothers hire him. <laughs> and he's always said that he wanted to do uh, one of the, his projects he always wanted to do was a Suicide Squad, like over any other um, yeah. comic book series ever. He's always said, if I was given the chance, it'd be Suicide Squad. So the fact he got to do it and kind of get rid of the 2006 Suicide Squad, like yeah. we've now got a better version with, it's a kind of semi-sequel. It, it still exists, that, that, that Yeah, that film, so the... It? So the story has nothing to do with the 06 no. um, film, but it does use some of the same characters. So you still get Harley Quinn returns, uh, Joe Kinnaman returns as uh, Rick Flag, Flag. Uh, Captain Boomerang is back in this, and so is Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, uh, the woman who kind of controls wall. the yeah the um, the team. Task, Task Force X, they call them but obviously the nickname is The Suicide Squad. Uh, this one predominantly stars Margot Robbie. She's coming back as Harley Quinn. Idris Elba as Bloodspot. John Cena as Peacemaker. Uh, a pretty newcomer, uh, Daniela Melquire. Mm. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Um, as Ratcatcher 2. And David Dasmalkian as Polka Dot Man. Oh, and Sylvester Stallone uh, voicing <laughs> King Shark. And this is just James Gunn's take on it, and it is bloody, it is sweary, it is a hell of a lot of fun, and I just really had a great time with it. And it just, if you are a massive fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, where you get this odd squad of team of just random characters, let's be honest, no one outside the comic book world had ever heard of Guardians Mm -hmm. before that film was getting made. And he's done what he did with that, where he's managed to make you understand and care about and enjoy the characters that you had no idea about. And he's 
within two hours, you've, you know, absolutely loved him. If you come away from this film and you don't love King Shark, then something wrong with you. Hmm. He was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. His King Shark is like Groot, like what he did for Groot, like a walking tree who says, <laughs> I am Groot. That's all he says. <laughs> But it got everyone caring about this character, and King Shark is just this adorable, dumb as fuck, like <laughs> man, like yeah, yeah. He's. I was surprised at how hard he was. He's a god. That's I why. did. Yeah, I didn't understand. I didn't realize that he was like Hulk level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Bullet, yeah just, but he's impervious to bullets and stuff. Yeah, like that. exactly. Yeah, he, but he's fucking brilliant. Um, I mean, if you think about it, with um, just very quickly with Guardians of the Galaxy, he basically took that those characters, like you say, from the comic book that has been out there and there are X amount of issues of it. But then they got the movie out and then, of course, they had to do some more follow-up comics as well. So it's just reinvigorated. He, he did the clever thing of not series. picking the, the uh, what they call the A-tier Guardians of the Galaxy. He picked a completely random squad of Guardians of the Galaxy and, and turned them into now the A-tier of Guardians of the Galaxy because they weren't. Do you know what yeah. I mean? In, in the comics, they weren't the main ones. I'm I, sure he's done the same. For I DC think he's done the same too. here as well. Yeah, he has, I mean, yeah. Other than Harley Quinn, who obviously um, we've had from the 2006 film and then from her own film recently. And not originally in the Suicide Squad. No. Mm. Well, do you know what? I think, to be honest. <laughs> she is now because of the films. These the, 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 these Avengers and Suicide Squads and that, they could just kind of put whoever they want in really, yeah. can't they? In in, in the comics, you just replace Harley with the Joker. That's the only difference. Yeah, I actually enjoyed that it wasn't so much the Harley Quinn show this time. Like, it would be mm. easy to kind of rely on her because she's she's done it three a, times. A, yeah, and she's a, she's pretty much adored, and she always has been. But she had just as much. She she had an equal amount of time than everyone else, and I, I'm glad that they didn't rely on just using her. Yeah, I think this is the best they've used of her as well. Personally, mm-hmm. even even though she did get her own film and had a lot of creative input on that. Uh, Margot Robbie, that is like um, Birds of Prey's not terrible though, is it? No, I enjoyed that, but like I think this, this is the best we've seen of her, and like she gets her own mm. moment, which is absolutely brilliant. And but I just for me as well, I think, I think Idris Elba this is one of his best roles I've ever it's seen. His him. film, I think. Yeah, he doesn't. When you when you heard Idris Elba's going to be in it, it's like is this going to be a bit like Will Smith in the other one? Yeah. Where they're just not got when this, I heard you a blood spot, I'm like, oh. But he's just going to have this, like, he's going to be like the central character of the, of the team. Is he going to kind of phone it in a little bit? But no, he goes. Idris Elba is full on into this, and it shows. And his his helmet is cool as fuck, like as well. Yeah, but it it's is obviously not as cool as John Cena's Peacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, he's hell, John Peacemaker is ridiculous. He's a Big ridiculous tin penis, character. Isn't it? Yeah, he's a ridiculous character in his nature. Who, like a man who will literally kill men, women, and children to obtain <laughs> peace. It doesn't make sense. His character makes no sense. But John Cena, only peace for the U.S. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about liberty and peace for the U.S. No one else. But he's um, he's a fascist. Cena, he's he's fucking brilliant. And as someone who has watched John Cena play the good guy, the wholesome, it's his like, best film kiddie um, hero in wrestling for 15 years for him to just come out and into this part where he swears and he kills people without a second thought and he's an absolute arsehole like it's got a big gun hasn't it yeah the chemistry he has with Idris Elba is fucking brilliant and this the rivalry they have going between each other is it's just uh, I won't spoil but it's just a moment where they kind of try and do a kill off oh god yeah 
and it's so fucking good. It's my favourite part of the film. I was going to say, yeah. I, th- I think those two sort of brought out the best in each other, both the actors and the characters. They sort yeah. of work as a bit of a yin and yang, don't they? And they, it really, it really works. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, Suicide Squad is just... And credit to James Gunn as well is it's the Suicide Squad. So, spoiler alert, not everyone survives. He's already said that. So he's, but this cast is obviously includes loads of other Peter Capaldi, Michael Rucker, Jai Courtney, Pete Davison, Sean Gunn's in there, Nathan Fillion, Taika Waititi. It's Nathan it's, Fillion is brilliant. Yeah, it's full of. It was well, it's full of Pete stars, and you know it just it goes places where I re- did not expect it to go. And fuck knows how this film is only a fifteen. Is it? I thought it were an 18, mean. No, it's a 15. Wow. Like, I, I suppose I, there's no boobies in it. Oh, there is boobies yeah, there in is it. There is boobies. There's oh. boobies. There's a penis. Yeah, there is a penis, yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, it's short of actual... Shagging. <laughs> a, yeah. a vagina. No, there's a bit of shagging in it. Oh, there is, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of uh, like... Fuck. A vagina shot or the word, <laughs> yeah. the C word, like yeah. everything else is in this film. Oh, God, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like... I, I just I I don't know how they've so managed. What makes an eighteen then? I don't know. <laughs> um, nowadays, I think it's full penetrative sex. <laughs> yeah, it must be because I, we and Kate came out of this, and I was just like, she's like, is that only a fifteen? I was like, you looked up, went, yeah, it's only a fifteen. She's like, how oh, the fuck? That must be the hardest car fifteen I've ever seen. Yeah, it's I mean, pro- it's probably down to the fact that the violence and it's quite cartoony. Oh yeah, it's, but like it, it's it's bl- it's bloody and it's gross. Like I've seen the trailers, it's bloody and it's gross, but like. To get an 18, you need, like, you know, realistic violence. You need proper um, peril and stuff like that. Mm. This is a comic book film. Like, comic book films always tend to get rated a little bit lower than what you expect they would be. It's got my favourite headshot of any film ever. So there is a scene early in the the, indie, I'm not telling you who, gets headshot, but the the effect of them getting shotgun to the face is disgusting. (laughs) It looks incredible. And you have to give them props for the gore. Because it's gone on another level that, that, yeah. that like even like films like Deadpool and Deadpool Two hasn't haven't reached that because they get away with it more in Deadpool because he's got a red suit on so they can just absolutely obliterate him and that you well, can't. the boys is uh, eighteen isn't it yeah the, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the thing the boys is an eighteen and that's like stupid like over the top gore I mean on this the boys mate they, they put a bomb up his ass and blow him up so it's a little bit <laughs> yeah a, true a little bit stronger but the um. <laughs> I just give credit to Warner Brothers and DC for finally just having the ball score. You know what? Let's create a, a, like an over-the-top action, like mm. uh, comic book film. Like they, they bloody tr- need to. They though, tried don't they? to play it so kind of safe, and yeah. when they did try to make the original Suicide Squad, they obviously saw the success of Guardians and the Avengers, and they were like, "Oh, like we need to make the Suicide Squad a bit more like Guardians," and it just fell on its ass, and there was too much studio inter- studio interference. Um, and it just ruined that film. I mean, apparently the first film was just a music video, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, apparently the director has come out and said, like, I was basically removed from editing and the studio yeah, yeah, the studio cl- did it all and I've got a copy of this film that should have been oh, my vision. Really? Oh, there's another cut. Yeah. No, no, they won't. They've said, they have said, this is not going to come. And he said, he won't. He said, I'm not going to speak on this anymore. I'm really happy for James. He's a great guy and the, the, the film is brilliant and everything. But I'm, he's obviously upset that what they did to his film, mm. but mm. they've now given James Gunn a producer role on, they've produced a um, Peacemaker spin-off. spin-off. Yeah. Yeah, so there's January, a TV show coming. And they've also said that he will be handling other 
uh, franchises going forward, whether that's more Suicide Squad or something else. I didn't he get rehired for Guardians? 3? Yeah, he got rehired for yeah. Guardians as well. So he's back. He's back now. Busy man doing Guardians. Yeah. Wow. And then I'm sure he'll after that he'll probably go back to DC and Warner Brothers. Um, he's 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 the one that can uh, skirt the lines now. He's he's proved himself on both on both sides. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know he's also pitched a crossover film to both studios? Well, well there's been many crossover books, so exactly. Yeah, so he's work. he's the one trying to push that boundary as well. But I, I'm trying to think of what I'd like him to see him do. And I did hear on another podcast I listened to they said that he he could probably do like a Teen Titans really well. Mm, yeah, he could absolutely. I'd be more into um, the uh, the. Uh, I'd I'd like him to see justice, justice society, or something like that. Didn't, didn't they try to do like a like a live action Teen Titans recently? Was that a Netflix thing or something? No, there is it one. Was called it's called Titans. Titans, but they, it's they got rid of the teen. <laughs> no, and also there's no cyborg because he's yeah. like tied up in another show. Yes, and, um, what was he in? Uh, What's that other show they do? I fucking forgot the name of it now. It's meant to be really good. Dooms, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah. Is he in that? I think he's in that. Like the character, or something. So that something like I've not watched any of them, yeah. but they, they look a bit shy. I'm Maybe not... we could approach him to do a modern escapism movie. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Dave Bautista can play me. No problem. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that, but just before we move on, I, w- I just want to say, like, as much as Stig adored it, I didn't dislike that film. Um, I just find it the better of the three suicide squad films that have come out three. i've never i've never been so sorry say that again sorry you said three well there's three of them really and that birds of praise kind of a suicide squad film kind of what just because got harley quinn in yes it. um <laughs> it's the best I, to me it's the best dc film for me by far um, I, then again, I think Sham, uh, Shazam's was was the best film, and you didn't like that, so no, I I, I, I don't like the um, I, I never liked the source material anyway. I don't, I'm not a big Suicide Squad fan. I don't like the books. I think they're a bit crap. Um, but yeah, it's 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 fun. It's fine. Um, I, I'd like them to release a um, a, a more child friendly cut so I could watch it with kids because I think they'd like it because Harley Quinn's massive. We'll just watch the 2006 film then. No, because it's shite, and I don't want to make people watch that. But just... You cannot get a child-friendly cut of this film. Well, you Not got a child-friendly cut of Deadpool 2, didn't you? Yeah, but this, there's more, I'm sure that there's more violence in this than Deadpool 2. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, but yeah, he's, he's fine. I think it, it does stink of Deadpool 2 a lot. Uh, a lot of the uh, big big moments have riffed straight from Deadpool 2, but I like it. It's fun. It's not offensive. It's... I like that uh, Starro's finally in the mainstream now. Big fan yes, of Starro. Um, always have been. <clears throat> That's always good. And I'm just a bit, I'm not going to spoil the end. I'm disappointed that a certain person didn't turn up at the end. But other than that, yeah, it's fine. I, f- I get a massive three out of five. Also, it had a really wonderful moment regarding Star right at the end as well. Oh, God, it did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that bit, mate. That That's, that's yeah. That's like perfect. Yeah. I'm gonna have yeah. to see this film now, aren't I? Uh, that, yeah. they, they, well, it's out. For, it's out on streaming to rent now. So. Yeah, they did Starro absolutely perfect. I never thought they'd get a giant intergalactic starfish right on screen, yeah. but they've done it. It's yeah. such an incredible character front box as well, and and they yeah. just they absolutely smashed it out of the park with that. But yeah, good film. Right then, let's go on to the uh, the main event. This is going to be a long one. I can feel it already. Biggie. 
what we're chatting about. This week we're chatting about our favourite robots. <laughs> Whether it's time-travelling murder bots, a bleep, a blooping astromech droid, or a huge sentient shape-shifting automate robots, we want to know what your favourite <laughs> is them. and why. Yes. A Transformer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, time on a tradition. We will uh, go through uh, our main choices, and then um, we'll have some extras round the back for the and the patrons only. So, Gadget, you're a man that's got kind of a robotic name. Gadget sounds robotic. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were talking about my real name. No. no. Um, <laughs> the real name is Gadget. <laughs> I am Mike. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about a very lovely robot. Oh, he's a, he's a robot for all the people. He takes care of those and those in his life. Uh, I want to talk about um, Crichton Two X Four B Five Two Three P from Red yeah. Dwarf. It's a lovely robot. Yes, and if we excuse the the rather dorky middle name that he has, he you know he, he claims he's never fond of the two X four B bit of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crichton is played by uh, Robert Llewellyn on Red Dwarf from series three onwards, but he turned up originally in season two with uh, David Cross, not David Cross, David uh, David Ross rather. I'm getting mixed up with the rest of development here. Uh, he was played by David Ross uh, when <laughs> well, he first appeared. That would have made appeared. a different crime. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely would have, or would it? No, I think that I, Very I'd actually similar. like to see that. Yeah, um, Crichton is a, a series four thousand mechanoid who he cooks, he cleans. His whole thing is just to take care of the humans under his watch. Yeah, um, and he goes to the ends of the earth, which of course Dave Lister takes full advantage of when Crichton t- uh, turns up on the field. Uh-huh. As does all of them, actually. They, all, all, all the main characters take advantage of Crichton in <laughs> some way, shape, or form. Yes, they have. Uh, I was reading upon his Wikipedia in the in the, so the first episode where he turns up when he's played by David Ross. Um, uh, the episode marks the fir- uh, marks a first in science fiction history in which an android deliberately gives a human being the finger. Really? Wow. <laughs> yes. Is, the, isn't he quite the, existential on the first time to see him? Isn't he like depressed? Sort of, yeah. Because so so when they first find Crichton, they find find him on on the Nova Five, which I is see. a down spa- a down spaceship, and. Um, you know the the, the tra- trans transmit up um, Crichton saying that the, the 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 crew of the ship are awaiting them and are keen to meet them and they're all beautiful ladies. Yeah. So of course you know De- <laughs> Lister the cat and Rimmer having having not seen ladies well in the cat's case ever um, they're very keen to go down and meet them and and they fly down there the cats you know looking in every mirror available. Wow. <laughs> And they and they walk into the banquet room in, in the Nova Five, and it's three skeletons yep. that Crichton is still taking care of, doing their hair, putting lipstick on their teeth, and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, he's 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 a very genial android um, who Lister decides to try and give an attitude as the series goes on. He tries to kind of break his programming, which um, you there's a lesson I think it's in Red Dwarf, in the fourth season of Red Dwarf where Lister is trying to teach Crichton how to lie. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you you get you get the moment where it breaks where he's go. What's this? And he's holding a banana. And he says it's a banana. No, it's an orange. It's a banana. No, it's an orange. It's 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 a small Czechoslovakian uh, crossing guard. Yeah, and so, and he's like, you did it. You lied. 
And he tries, you know, teach him how to insult Rimmer and stuff like that. So you get the, you know, the, the classic line of you're a smear, because he can't say smeghead. <laughs> and the, Crichton gets some of the best plot lines throughout the whole series. I agree. Um, my favorite one of his is probably The Last Day, which is um, where his, his life expectancy as an android is about oh, to end. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So that one does get particularly existential because, you know, there are the discussions of Silicon Heaven versus Silicon Hell. Um, where, you know, Lister points out to Crichton that Silicon Heaven doesn't exist. But where do all the calculators go? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's a very good point. Yeah. Camille, where he, he falls in love with a pleasure gelf. Yes. Oh, my God. Gelf being genetically engineered life form, not to be confused with another acronym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's a, uh, and DNA in Series 5, where Crichton gets turned into a human. Oh, God, yeah. Forgot yeah. about that yeah. one, and you, you know you get a lot of exposition on Crichton on that one. So you find that he's got he's got uh, spare heads, yeah, who he argues with, <coughs> um, or that you you know we get sexually aroused by vacuum cleaners. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, he has got a vacuum cleaner attachment on his belly, hasn't he? Yeah, he no, does, no, yeah. on his crotch. On his crotch, that's it. Sorry, yeah. on his yeah. crotch. <laughs> his, his crotch attachment. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I love Crichton. He's a wonderful robot, and he's Robert Llewellyn plays him so well. I was just going to say, I think David Ross, no disrespect to him, but they obviously changed their tact about how to play Crichton because he just he was functional, I think, for the show. But then when they brought Robert Llewellyn in, he was just he took Crichton to a completely different level. Yeah. I don't know everybody's got their favourites, but for me, Crichton delivered. I can't remember the whole quote, but it's something along the lines of Rimmer shouts out, we've got to go to, like, Red Alert. And he goes, Red Alert, really? He goes, yes. He goes, you know that means I have to change the light bulb. I think that was... Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Love it. Absolutely love I, it. I, I don't like that first Crichton. Yeah. How long was he that looks, first He looks crayon? weird. How, how long is, is it playing? Doesn't he have, like... Just one episode. One big, episode. Like, like, bright red lips and... Yeah, it was the original a, a, a design for Weird-looking, yeah. like... Um, I'm just look. Yeah, he wears like a like a shiny tux or something. I'd, yeah, he's yeah. just yeah. Like they, they did. So, forgive me when for they not changed remembering. When they changed the actor, it was a good decision. Forgive me for not yeah. remembering. So, did they not take him back with him that episode? No. So they do take it back with him. So the episode ends with um um with Crichton after he's uh, given Rimmer the finger. He like yeah. borrows borrows uh, Lister's bike. And the whole, the whole setup is it, it, there's this huge bit of scrolling text in the very first episode of Red Dwarf Three that um, that skips past faster than you can watch it. You've got to like pause the video right. to watch it. And um, basically explains that he goes off on his bike and explores Red Dwarf for about six months. Right, right. He explores every facet of it. Learns learns what the what the ship is about. So they they would have had intentions of keep it, keeping a Crichton character on, and then they just thought Robert Llewellyn's just way better. The um the, the reason why they brought him back, so the original thing with Red Dwarf is that, uh, I can't remember whether it was Rob Grant or Doug Naylor, it was one of the two writers for it, had basically said, we don't want any aliens, don't want any robots. Ah. Um, and so the idea of Crichton, he was supposed to be just a guest star. Yeah. But they got such a huge positive feed- yeah. feedback on the concept of the character. They thought, fuck, we've got to put this guy in. Um, and David David Ross was a stand-up comedian yeah, um, yeah. and was on tour at the time when they were filming the series. That's why they brought in Robert Llewellyn. Right. Oh, funny. So if he was available, he could have played that. He could have played it, yeah. Mm. Mm. I always remember Robert Llewellyn from uh, Scrap Heap Challenge as well. Everybody remembers him from Scrap Heap Challenge. <laughs> he's, a, yeah. he's a good... Uh, you should watch him... Um, uh, what's it? He does Carpool, which is uh, what James Corden ripped off. Really? Yeah. You know... 
Was it Jerry Seinfeld? No, it's James Corden. Uh, you know the uh, season twelve. They all get turned into Crichtons. Yeah, I haven't seen season twelve. It's, it's, I've not seen it. I just is, know that there's like I've seen the picture. I remember that one with the, the, the female Crichton, Crichton as well. Yeah, so that's Camille. Yeah, yeah that's, so that's Camille. The, yeah, uh, yeah. So the. Uh, Camille, the, the pleasure gelf, uh, she changes. That's it. it. She changes into into whatever your idea of beauty is, and that's his wife so in it, real life, isn't it? It yes, Judy Pascoe. Yeah. yeah, you get the wonderful moment moment that episode where you know all, all the cast are like walking into the room to meet her, and it's like their idealized version of someone's like, <laughs> like you know, like like Lister walks in and she's like a biker chick, and yeah. Rumor walks in and she's like an officer. The cat walks in; it's himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always love the cat when, he, especially season one, where he's just shuffling. He doesn't walk anywhere. He just shuffles. He just shuffles around the ship. It's so fucking funny. I love him. But yeah, he's so he's so bulky now. Like obviously, because like the uh, the actors. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got, got, got a bit, he's got a bit, a bit older. Weird. Got a bit a bit weird, but they just don't they don't address it. He just he just looks like Fat Crichton now. Yeah. <laughs> well, all robots he's, do put weight on. Been doing yeah. too much hoovering. Mm. Yeah. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, across like the what twenty odd years that Red Dwarf's been on, there's just so many great Crichton moments. I think uh, I think one of my favourite ones just has to be the very end of uh, there's the episode in re- series seven. Uh, it was about two episodes after uh, Chris Barry left, so like Rimmer left, and yeah. Lister's missing him. Yeah, and um, Crichton puts together this kind of virtual reality thing, which is uh, the Arnold Rimmer experience. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and you get you get that wonderful song. <laughs> he puts together about how amazing Rimmer is, and at the at the end of it, you get uh, uh, Listers just say, "I never want to see that lying, scheming, scum sucking piece of smeg ever again." And Crichton sat in the back of the car, going, "Sigmund Freud, eat your heart out." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he just gets such good lines. I, I I love the character so much, and I love the I love how Robert Llewellyn plays him. It's just it's so understated, given how over the top and silly the show can be. Excellent. Great choice. We're going to move on to me now. Um, From Crichton to something completely different. So, it's a common theme for protagonists in Japanese media to be unassuming civilians and suddenly finding themselves placed in control of devastatingly powerful superweapons. For example, Mobile Suit Gundam and Neon Genesis Evangelion. However, it's not every day you see someone get a robot that is an actuality, a key to a space fortress that has enough power to destroy an entire solar system. I want to talk about Jehuti from Zone of the Enders. Now, Ooh, I expected you to go Gundam. No, I because have a joke prepared about the BBC calling them Transformers. It's too obvious. It's too obvious for me to go Gundam. And, and there's too many Gundams to choose from. So I went for something that's a bit more uh, just easy to discuss, Jehuti. So if you don't know Zone of the Enders, it's from... Uh, the master of games, Hideo Kojima's mind. Um, friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> avid listener. Um, Zone of the Enders is one of my favourite um, mech robot series. Uh, there's only two. Uh, I think there might be an unofficial game somewhere along the lines on mobile or something silly. There always is with these kind of things. But two mainline games. <clears throat> and Jehity stars in both of them. Um, does anyone know what Jehity looks like without me explaining? I yeah I I know I know roughly. Oh, what yes, I played the maybe. game. Yeah, I, I did buy the excellent. game because um, obviously it was off the back for the Metal of, Gear demo. Yeah, <laughs> it was off the back of like obviously the first Metal Gear, and then you got like Metal Gear Two demo with it as well. So it's like, <laughs> you did, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's featured in both Zone of the Enders games. Uh, the Jehuti is an orbital frame. It's what they call the big mech robot things. Um, 
a, a giant robot that utilizes mysterious Metatron energy to be capable of ridiculous feats. Moving hundreds of thousands of kilometers an hour in space or entering and exiting the atmosphere with no damage is easier for an orbital frame, and Jehuti is the most advanced example ever built. It also features an incredibly advanced AI that guides both protagonists through their respective games. When it, sh- when it sheds its outer armour, it's capable of, ex- of exerting more power than its seemingly more powerful brother unit, the Anubis. Despite a rather literal cockpit placement, because the uh, cockpit yeah, is in the on its dick, <laughs> Jehuti <laughs> has an army's worth of armaments and has an overall awesome design by none other than Metal Gear series artist Yoji Shinkawa. A badass robot through and through. For, for my money, one of the best examples of just a towering mech. Um, you can tell that uh, Kojima and Shinkawa absolutely adored uh, Gundam because it's that kind of thing, but it's got an Egyptian flair. So if you like uh, the sci-fis like Stargate and things like that, it's got that kind of flair, hasn't it? Um, <clears throat> yeah. It looks like an Anubis, and his brother's called Anubis mm. for one. Um and it's very, it's very it's very elegant as mech school. Like, yeah, you, it's like my my I'm, I barely remember the game, but my overriding memory of the game is like like you're effect, like Jersey effectively kind of skating on the surface yes, of whatever you're skating, running on. Basically, and, yeah, yeah, and it's 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 very delicate. Like the the way it moves is very graceful, whereas you normally expect like giant mechs well, to like very, stomp around it's, like it's transformers. Very feminine, apart from its massive dick. <laughs> um, it's, it's yeah, like you say, it's elegant. Like it's it's, it's basically on its tippy toes when it's on the, mm. when it's on the floor, and you can literally yeah. write your name in the ground when you're skating and stuff. But it it, it can go thousands of kilometers per hour. It's exhilarating to play. I, I mean, not many people played the uh, Zone of the Enders. They did what Stig did and got it for the Metal Gear. I loved Gear. it. I, I, I didn't get it, it for really the Metal Gear demo. Oh, you just got it anyway. I got it anyway because it was like because it was the. The next game by the guy who'd done Metal Gear Solid, yeah. and I was like, "Oh yeah!" It just happened to have that demo, which was a bonus. Yeah. When you fired missiles and stuff, didn't it have like a coloured trail that went with yep. the missiles? So yep. It just looked really. And you could do you could do the um, awesome. uh, the Goku from Dragon Ball Z spirit bomb attack, where you harness energy in your hand and then throw this massive orb of like electrical energy onto other mechs and stuff. Oh, it's so good. Like the first ones. More of a a narrative game than an action game. Um, there's a lot of cutscenes. I mean, it's it's, it's yeah. Kojima. Kojima narrative. <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, digital novel style cutscenes where it's just uh, a young boy accidentally gets into the cockpit of Jehoti and can't get out, and yeah, has to save the the colony. The second one's a bit more uh, action orientated. Um, there's more mechs to fight. There's more bosses. The bosses are incredible. Some some of the mechs and robots that you have to fight are bigger than the Death Star. Uh, it's it's just proper incredible stuff. It's a really good game. And they, they, they did an HD remake of it recently. And uh, it passed it's supposed to be quite good. That one it's 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 one of the best HD remakes I've played ever. Um, it just it irons out everything that was negative about it. It it does the best thing that an HD remake can do. It it, it brings in checkpoints. Oh. <laughs> that's just what it needed because <laughs> that was one of those games what, for the cutscenes just in general yeah you, you can save at a cutscene on the on the HD remake in the original if you died at the boss at the end of the level you had to start that level all again from the beginning so I was just looking when you were talking about the design as well mm. um, and then I was just got got me thinking about um, obviously Kojima worked on Metal Gear yep. and that is got big robots in yep uh, 
And it, I think Metal Gear Ray, looking yes. at that, it's was got a look of Ray a, about it, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was inspired by the look of Ray was you definitely inspired by this. I mean, it's Yoji Shinkawa. He, he designed the mechs, but obviously Kojima said, I want it to look like this. Um, yeah. I, I, I just love that, like, in the games in general, the music's incredible, the Egyptian theming, and, and then in the second one, there's more other, like, religious themes for the um, the mechs and stuff. Like, some of them, there's a Gilgamesh, and, which is, like, Indian <clears throat> Indian um, mythology and stuff like that. It's just really good. Yeah, I, I don't think I played the second one, actually. I really enjoyed the first it's one. The, I think the second one's better. It oh. is the series owned by Konami. It's owned by Kojima, technically. It's what so is it, 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 it is. It is. It is. owned the series. I, th- I thought he uh, took. I thought he took one of them with him, didn't he? I thought it was. I thought it was this. I was thinking, but maybe you could see a return to that one day. Well, on the on the Death Stranding um, documentary, he's got loads of jetties on his desk. So I thought he owned it still. But then again, you can just. Well, buy, it's funny. You can just you buy toys, can't that. you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was just thinking, you know, he's gone with the sort of, the sort of Egyptian theme, and Jahuti himself it uses kind of like dark blues and golds. And I'm just thinking of uh, Higgs as well yeah. from Death Stranding because he's got the Egyptian, Egyptian kind of yeah. the hood, and also the dark blue and the gold um, yeah. coloring as well. Yeah. But those mechs are just stunning. Oh, that it's like it's like when you when you see Gundam mechs and Gundam robots and stuff, you get your big chunky Zakus and and your your, your standards. Uh, they're, they're very um, of the area of the seventies. 80s style they look like Power Rangers Power Rangers Zards don't they and, and then yeah. you get this which Kojima's clearly it's early 2000s isn't it, it yeah. it's, it's that it's, it's, it, it's that kind of thing that you saw in kind of anime that was coming out at the time it's yeah. like robots start being less Evangelion and less... stuff like that yeah um, I'm going to break your heart here uh, Oodles yeah because um, I, I was looking on Amazon and um, there is a Koto Bukia um, <gasps> plastic mm. kit of JOT mm, how much Two hundred and sixty-two oh, pounds. <laughs> I have got a little one up, it is, up, up it there. It is pretty though. I'm going. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to pop, pop it in the Discord for you. Oh. So it's very pretty. I just think the the gorgeous. I like the proper um, gunpla uh, models of the Zone of the Enders. They, they are very expensive collectors edition. But there is there's, a, there's an Anubis one that I want really badly. I've seen one at eighty quid, but it's that it's that import tax. It just gets you. It just absolutely kills you. <laughs> it's eighty pound times two. <laughs> <laughs> Did you drop off your Gundam stuff? No, no, well I, 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 get, I get one every month still. <laughs> <laughs> I've got fucking loads. I just got no room to put them. I built them. It's just I don't know where to put them. Doing a little, yeah, doing me. a little cabinet downstairs. I've got my favourites up here and stuff. But yeah, it's just so it's just such a cool franchise that I'd love to see them come back to. And, and the HD um, remasters they they sold Dambusters, so yeah, I, I just I just hope it comes back. Because I I I just I just want to see more Yoji Shinkawa oh, doing God. mechanical yeah. stuff. Yeah, because like, I know Yoji Shinkawa did a lot of stuff for Death Stranding. Yeah, even though he, um, but that was a lot of people and that was a lot of buildings. You know, like yes, he designed all the I, cities. I, I, yeah, but I want to see him do big robot boys robots again. again yeah mm. there was, yeah. There was, like, there like, was a... like like again like, i mean like he did a full design for um arsenal gear for metal gear solid 2 and no one fucking no one saw, saw it it was, <laughs> it was underwater most of the time <laughs> yeah it's like that, that metal gear rex and the metal gear ray they're iconic you don't even have to be into mechs or robots to know what they are they're oh that like... sequence in metal gear solid 4 that was that just fight <laughs> yeah that was oh, so, so good, good that. <laughs> it's so good but, but again it was that it was yoji shinkawa designed you had this kind of you know the the nineteen ninety seven very kind of um, battle tank, yeah, battle tank brutalist look of Metal Gear Rex, 
and then the 2001 Versus elegant the sexy fucking yeah oh it's so yeah, good like the elegant look of metal gear rear and it's just oh it's so good it's like shoji shinkawa's design like when like i remember playing zone of the enders and thinking he's got to go mad here yeah like they've just like kojima's clearly gone to him and says I want 16 robot boys. Give me that. Yeah. And just let them go. (laughs) There's just two games that you need to play them both in sequence because the first one introduces like the mindset of why these these robots, because just before the naysayers, they are technically robots because they can uh, work themselves. You don't have to pilot them. So if you want to come out. You don't have to sit on the dick. You don't have to sit in the dicks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They, they, They are autonomous robots and they are built for... They're built for industry, believe it or not, and Jehity was one of the first combat mechs, and you can just tell by its design. And like, just, just get the HD remaster because the, the first one's—it's a really good story, a few bits of combat in there, but the second one, fucking hell, it's incredible. It's so good. There's so many good robots on it. Really good. And it's got to be cheap now. I think it's on backwards compatibility, and I—I I know they released it on PS4 and Xbox and PC. It's just, oh god, it's so good. So on PC, it is currently uh, Zone of the Enders, the second runner, Mars edition. Yep, uh, is twenty four ninety nine. Worth it. Worth it. However, I'm seeing a tag here that interests me. Yeah, VR supported. Yeah, it is. It's Ooh. VR. Yeah, the second one is. Yeah, Ooh. where you're basically in the cockpit throughout the whole game. Give me a reason not to buy this. <laughs> it's, it's just it's an incredible story. <laughs> if, if you like, because it's it's really Kojima doing his hardest of hard sci-fi. It is it is currently uh, six pound twenty four on the PlayStation Store. Fucking buy it, buy Sold. it. Is it. There's a full twenty minute cutscene on the second one about unions, work unions <laughs> on Mars. So it's worth it. It's proper good. And the robots are so gorgeous. And sometimes you don't even realise you're inside a robot. That's how big some of them are. So good. But yeah, Jehoti is one of, one of my all-time favourites in media. So, Biggie, let's move on. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about one of my favourite movies, a character from that, really. But also, there is a theme for the other one I want to talk about, which will be obvious. It's Alien. And I want to talk about Ian Holm who played Science Officer Ash on board the Nostromo. Oh, God. And, of course, the 1979 film Alien, directed by the one and only Ridley Scott. So what I love about this character, and, um, uh, yes, he's a synthetic android. He's a robot. You can get into, you can get into arguments about whether he yeah, is. Yeah, we're not getting into technicals. We're not getting into that. But what I love about this is just this performance from Ian Holm just, he absolutely nails this character, Ash. No one is aware that Ash is a synthetic mm. android, including us. We have no idea. Mate, when he got killed, I didn't realise he was a robot. I just thought he was milky inside. <laughs> <laughs> His blood looks different to mine. Yeah, why is he so milky? But he, he does such a good job of it because he, he plays Ash really socially awkward. Yeah. When, you, when you see them eating around the table for the first time, he's clearly like the... The outcast of the group. Up a nerd, isn't he? He's a purely science focused, and particularly once obviously everything happens, he defies the order about the quarantine. Um, he obviously, um, you're not quite sure why he does it when it's quite clear what the process is. And then, of course, we find out later why. Yeah. Um, when the face hugger detaches itself from Kane, Ash is enthralled at the autopsy. He's just he's got no fear either. Almost has like, it? huh? He's got no fear. No, it's like he doesn't care either about Kane at all because mm. everybody's obviously concerned about what's happening with Kane, but he's like all over 
this little face hugger, what the hell is it? And he's obviously, like you say, no fear doing the autopsy, not afraid of anything happening to him. And then um, when the secret mission is finally uncovered by Ripley, Ash reveals his true nature. Yeah. And um, the way that he tries to kill her is obviously really odd. <laughs> and yes, yeah. I know there's a lot of themes around behind that, the sort of the weird sexual yeah. imagery, the whole thing about the alien. Um, false, the, false full penetration and stuff like that. Yeah, the guy who designed it. I H.R. Geiger. Thank you. Um, yeah, all, all of his artwork that was involved as well. It's all Very sexual. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just... Again, when Ash's head is then um, reconnected afterwards, they're oh, it's asking horrible questions. that bit. Mm. It's just so freaky because he still plays this android that has no connection with humans. So, in fact, he's more siding with the alien. And yes, I know it's his mission, but it's just the fact that um, I think there's a great quote where he says, uh, "You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism, its structural perfection is matched only by its hostility." And then one of the characters, Lambert, I think, says, you admire it. And he goes, I admire its purity, a survivor, unclouded by conscience, remorse, or delusions of morality. And then he goes on to say, I can't lie to you about your chances, but you have my sympathies. Oh, And I lo- I just love that. He just delivers that, obviously not like I do. He just it does it so well. <laughs> so do you know in that, in His that, character in that film, is so good. Obviously, it was a distress call, wasn't it? Did he not get his mission until he spoke to Mother, the AI? Um, he never, he never tells talk, you, does it? it? I think it's re- no. It's revealed that he replaced the other science officer last minute. So they knew they were going to run point. into. Yeah, I right. think it was all planned that they that it was on their route that they were going to come across this alien. Okay. And that's why he was. Put on I know in the actual law of the canon nowadays, um, they were aware of the aliens a lot, a lot, a lot earlier, weren't they? Because of all that, yeah. there was no and prequel and shite. Was, uh, Oh, and again, his appearance when Ripley discovers the, the true reason behind the signal and he just suddenly appears in her eye line. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's just so good. I just, I love that character. And I just think he delivers. I think he's one of the scariest aspects about, of that film. He's, he's he is. He's, he's basically a second antagonist. Yeah, he's terrifying. And he, it's, this is back in 79 when obviously people are still learning about how computers work and stuff like this. So just the fact that he managed to deliver this character with you know as as much screen time as I guess every other character in that movie, yeah. they you know they all have their moments, but he still delivers this awesome so interpretation cool. of this android. It's a, it's it's a, it's the skill of Ian Holm as well. He was like, you such a totally. such a good actor that he totally. he he could t- he could turn the sinister on and off really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Look at the, look at the warmth difference between that and Bilbo Baggins. Well, exactly. Yeah, this, but yeah. like he can. You know, he was very good at playing sociopaths. He could play yeah. someone who was very divorced from mm. reality or emotion. It's his eyes, isn't it? He just has the ability to just turn on the just absolute dead eyes, and it looks as if you know he's kind of got no soul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, he's, he's he, retired now. Yes, <laughs> yes, of course. Um, <laughs> retired. But he was—he's very hard to find interviews around. But I managed to track one down, and uh, they talked a little bit about this. He said. Um, he was offered the part in what his agent described as a very expensive B movie. So yeah. if you remember, like this is seventy nine, so I guess without all that CGI, because there wasn't an awful lot in there. Obviously, you had to do some of the, the effects of the ship and so on. But uh, that's know, the not CGI itself. That's models, was, yeah, it's not CGI. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's all <laughs> models. So there was none of that around. So you know, they're all probably appearing on this set, which is obviously designed to look. It like looked it was so really fucking good that set, though. 
but that's what I mean. It was so good, but he must still at one point be thinking, you know, how good is this movie going to turn out? Because well, no one had any real expectations for it. I mean, for all the sales, it, it was an expensive movie. He still B-move. delivered that performance. Um, the budget was only like $9 million, which was still yeah. nothing God, in um, the 70s. Like, it's, it's incredible the film we pulled off. And obviously, it's uh, Ridley Scott's skill that managed to pull out those performances and pull yeah. off that it's Stan Winston design. as well. Did he do the creatures? Oh, I can't remember, actually. I think he might be right. I can't remember. But, um, back, back then, he was the guy, wasn't he? He did all the creatures for things. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so from that, you then had the sequel. Mm, um, yes. Aliens came out in 86. Step it up. This time directed by James Cameron. So on the Salako, again, there is a science officer, and he is an android played by the wonderful And they know Dixon. he is. <laughs> yeah, But he's openly an android this time. And this is clearly revealed to us as a viewer because during a prank on Hudson with the infamous knife trick, um, Ripley is completely freaked out to discover that, yes, there is an android on the ship. He's an upgrade, though. <laughs> he is an upgrade. And uh, he actually cuts himself um, whilst doing the uh, knife trick. And he says, uh, to quote him, I prefer the term artificial person myself. Yeah. And he, he refers to the fact that he can never hurt a human now with their behavioural inhibitors. It's impossible for me to harm or by omission of action allow to be harmed a human being. Yes. And Bishop pretty much is the complete opposite. He sticks to his guns, doesn't he? He volunteers to take that portable remote to go and try and connect the uplink to get that the is one of my, my most anxiety ridden moments when he's in that little <laughs> he's in that little pipe that little tunnel. Oh my god, mm. it's horrible! Which, I can't That's... remember what he quotes. It's something like Ugh. three miles or something stupid like that. Now I know it's what just, a TV just... dinner feels like. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't handle. I've said it before on the pod. I can't handle things like that. Yeah, it's like, horrible. And he he has a bit of sarcasm as well, sort of almost in program because when he. Re- um, there's a talk amongst the, the the characters saying like who's going to go over there? Everyone's like Hudson's like, "Hey, doing it, man!" All this kind of hey, thing. Over, man. The bishop actually has to say it twice because they don't hear him the first time he says it. Yeah, but he says, "I'll do it," and then he goes, "Believe me, I prefer not to. I may be synthetic, but I'm not stupid." Yeah, which again is just a, a perfect line. Mm. Um, as they board the dropship, unfortunately, the queen then appears and impales a bisex bishop, which is just so gruesome. It's just so lovely. Milk done everywhere. This pulp, this Gunk sprays out of his mouth. Um, but his upper half is still functional, so he ends up actually rescuing Newt. Um, and because of the way that he's obviously proven himself to Ripley, Ripley then saves him. And he's on the third um, one as well. And he does appear in the third one, but Roy, uh, Ripley manages to find him amongst the trash and manages to find out how poorly the script was and how Newton Hicks were written out. <laughs> Which we have discussed ad nauseum. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just think the the, the two very opposite end, ends of the spectrum. For what do you think to the uh, Fassbender robots then in the series? I think he plays it well enough. It's I, fucking weird. I think he's it's the just, only good things in those two. I, films. I was he is. to say that. Like, I think it's just odd that some of the stuff that he has to what's do. What's his name in it? Um, is it Dave? D- David. Charles? David. Yeah, David. Yeah, yeah. but it's. I think. Um, yeah, he's the best thing in them. Um, but even though both films are pretty shit. Yeah. But I was just thinking as well about how the androids actually service quite well throughout the series that I've played, like even in the Alien Isolation. They're like the they, scariest they, they, bits. They are pretty... Yeah. The working they've got gels. no personality to them at all. 
Especially the Sikhs and ones, but, yeah. Yeah, but they they are really scary. Like when they go like into like what is a bit of a rage mode, essentially, it's like oh, fuck, like that, fuck, like in just the alien, I've got to worry about. It's it, these does, fuckers. it does show you, like 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 Gadget just alluded to the Sikhs and androids, a, a shite compared to the Wayland Jatani ones, because the yeah. working Joes are just horrendous. <laughs> They're horrible. <Yeah. laughs> well, you, well, you get the you get the companion that you you get on the ship with. I yeah. can't remember his name, but he's 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 a synthetic as well, and he's a whale and Yutani one. And yeah. Like I don't know why, but when I played that game, I didn't twig on for about four hours that he was a synthetic. Yeah. Until he actually until he actually outright says I'm a synthetic. I was like, oh oh, oh okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because I skipped his, skipped his dialogue early on um, when you meet him in the Torrens at the very start of the game. Yeah. But he's, he's sweating though he's, as well, isn't he? So you well, can't he's, tell. He's he, yeah, he's sweating. But uh, Ripley says to him, "says like you're up early." He says, "Oh, I don't need as much sleep as you." Yeah, there you go. Why didn't I notice that when I first played this? <laughs> Wrong with me. Yeah, it, it, I, I think it's clever. I mean, the when when I want to ride a synthetic, that's a bit more advanced in the future, isn't it? That one. She she yeah. she doesn't even act oh, like I forgot, a robot. I forgot, I forgot she doesn't know she's synthetic. one. Yeah, yeah she, I she, forgot about the fourth film. Yeah, she, she's a synthetic, but she she all she she says in the film that she sometimes forgets she is from time to time. God, I hate that film so it's much. So bad. She plugs herself in with a USB into her arm. <laughs> Fuck Joss Whedon. Fuck Joss Whedon. Yeah, still not. Fuck she has two attempts at it because she gets it wrong the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, I I think that 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 old saga, that the fascination with the androids, the robots, the synthetic. I think it's it's fascinating, and it's one of my favourite versions of that kind of play on the um, on the on robots and what the meaning of life and meeting your makers and stuff like that. I think it's fascinating. It's and again, Ian Holm just he's brilliant. He's, I, I, mean, I love Lance Henriksen. Don't get me wrong. I think he's awesome in Aliens, but I think Ian Holm just smashes it. That sinister role so well. Yeah. For my for my for my money, he is the scariest thing in that film. The Xenomorph is second in comparison to a, a fucking robot that just doesn't care. Yeah. It's terrifying. Excellent. Brilliant choice. Um, Candy, what you got? I think I'm going to get a bit of shit for this one. Um, I'm going to be <laughs> talking about Chappie, who's the main character of Neil Blomkamp's 2015 film of the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen this. Chappie Goodies. It does. It hasn't got great reviews, but I'm going to try not to dwell on the actual film itself because he's a fascinating robot, and I just wish there was a better film surrounding him because it's sort of done a bit of a disservice. Um, I, I will give you a brief overview of the film just so you can kind of better understand his character. So, uh, Chappie's based in Johannesburg in the near future. We learn that the police force has been heavily bolstered by the sort of army of robotic uh, scout robots. Yeah. Um, they're deadly, but sort of cute bunny-eared robots, and they're wildly celebrated as the future of policing. Um, a scientist in the facility for creating these autonomous robots, it's in, in his spare time, he's created a perfect AI um, without the knowledge or consent of his superiors. Um, so he's taken, he, he takes a robot that's scheduled to be destroyed um, and is on his way with the robot in his, uh, in his car, Probably gets kidnapped by Diane Wart. Diane Wart. If you don't know, uh, are a real life. Into the ninja. Somewhat, somewhat controversial hip hop duo. Yes. Um, somewhat. Who, that seems somewhat. to be underselling the controversy. Oh, it's ninja, yeah. isn't it? And Yolandi. They're both pretty awful, I think. Yeah. But let's not talk about that anyway. So, <laughs> anyway, for uh, plot reasons, they have to do gangster things and pull one last heist. The greatest gangster and... that ever was. 
That's what he says. What is this you're talking the about? The advert. I watch this. It's a, it's a hip-hop South African band, and they are notoriously terrible people. I'm surprised you haven't heard of them, Biggie. Oh, God. No, You've not heard Enter the all... Ninja? Oh, no. my God. I, don't, I, think, I think the problem is they extend too far out of hip-hop. Like, they are yeah. just like... It's almost like avant-garde, isn't it? They, they, they went yeah, very political, kind of but shit for the sake unfortunately, of they went the wrong way in the political yeah, the wrong spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, so eventually, the, the scientist basically trades his life uh, for the broken scout that's in his van, and Chappie is born. Um, mm. I really, really wanted to choose a cooler robot here. I like Chappie but... film. Ignore <laughs> what anyone else says. I think it's a good film. I think it was almost good. I think there were certain elements that it, it almost went a bit too Diane Watt. It did. it did. I think there was probably a little bit too much uh, input from uh, from our friends. Um, but yeah, my mind kept wandering back to him. He's, he's just so endearing and charming. And when he first becomes conscious, he has the mind of a child. Yeah. Um, his learning is extremely accelerated, but he's caught between the scientist who wants him to be morally just and good Yolandi, who's the female out of Diet Antwort, um, her motherly instincts kick in and she nurtures him like a child. A ninja who just wants to use him as a mindless killing machine. He's a fucking machine. prick anyway. <laughs> Is this just he like a, a modern prick. Johnny Five? Um, it's a bit, yeah, there's, there's a bit more depth to it than that, actually. It's, believe yeah, it or not, it's, it's less racist. Because <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Five is quite racist. Yeah, yeah. Well, the film was, yes. certainly. I don't remember any racism in that, but then again, it has been. A, I haven't seen it since. Well, the, the lead actor, he, he, he was researcher, he's not Indian. Was, um, Indian. Black face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that went over my head as a yeah. child. So yeah, I can see why that's. And a then problem. his voice was just done as an Indian voice. I'm a non-Indian. Oh, man. No. Like, basically, oh, like no. think Apu. That's why nobody does the uh, Johnny Five impression anymore. I see. I see now. <laughs> Um, anyway, so he has no particularly awesome robot powers because um, because his creator, um, who's the scientist, he calls him his creator, yeah. he's taught him to be good. He doesn't particularly like to use guns. What he does use, he uses ninja stars, nunchucks, and a little <laughs> bit of karate. <laughs> which uh, It looks both hilarious and absolutely incredible at the same time. He's just a brilliant original character. I think he looks incredible, um, mate. It does. He's brought to life by the visual effects, which I cannot fault at all. Um, and Chappie's real life actor, who is Charlotte uh, Copley. Copley. Yeah. Charlotte yep. Copley, yeah. Um, oh, okay, yeah. From District so 9. his reaction. Yeah, that's right. He's in um, all the guys' movies, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, he is. yeah, he's a yeah, he's a favourite of Neil Blomkamp. Um, so his his reactions and reactions to situations um, that Chappie's thrust into. Um, are just perfect and at no point did I think the the visuals looked rough and it, you just can't tell it's CGI at all yeah, I don't I think, think I think it's Weta Workshop as well that did this uh, who did the Lord of the Rings and it's just fucking impeccable it's yeah you can't fault, fault it at all um, even as he just has these fantastic kind of zips and clanks and clunks yeah. um, in terms of audio design that, that just makes him feel really sort of tangible and you can feel that he's got an actual weight to him even though he's really he's sort of athletic and obviously he's a robot so he can do all these he just doesn't run out of energy keeps going but at the same time you can tell he sort of feels energy and what what i love about chappy is what we're left with essentially like you said is kind of a mix of number five johnny five mm. and robocop yeah yeah there's <laughs> robocop to it so he's a he's a vulnerable childlike robot and he's just faced with the absolute worst side of human nature yeah, you jackman just, <laughs> Oh, and his mullet. Hugh Jackman's got an awful mullet in it. Yeah, yes. Um, 
But especially in kind of crime, the, the crime-ridden side of uh, Johannesburg yeah. as well, it goes into that. And um, you can really sort of, you can empathise with his naivety. And in my opinion, he's, he's probably one of the most exciting IAs, uh, IAs, AIs that we've seen on screen. I know it sounds, it sounds stupid because it's named after him, but he genuinely carries that film. It's, it's, it is, do you know what I mean? It's, I, I think it's... Um, I think it's an endearing performance by Copley as well. Uh, there are, obviously, there's issues surrounding that film. There's there's too much like political. Um, there's like apartheid type scenarios, and it's 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 very deep from 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 the from what the trailers don't show. Um, yeah. But as as robots go, it's 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 brilliant. I I, I just think it's it's better than the iRobot one. <laughs> Yeah, it is, and he they they don't try and really make him look modern or futuristic. He looks sort of quite janky and and downtrodden, just beaten up all all the time. Yeah, and they they even kind of they they put the gangster chains on him, and the the way that he walks around like he's supposed to be a gangster kind of thing. It's just brilliant watching a a robot take, doesn't he? Yeah, (laughs) and he does the like the nose rub as well, like (laughs) just taking all on all these just awful traits. I just, I just love him. I just love the character so much. And as I said, I just wish there was a better film surrounding yeah. it. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's not bad. It's just not particularly. Oh, it's not cancelled. It's not, not cancelled bad. It's just, there's no. just an air surrounding it, an air that you've just got to watch out for. That's all. An element of cringe. <sighs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not, do you know? I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm it's worth it. Did you, did you like District Nine? It is. Yeah, I loved it. Think, think, think that kind, that, 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 that kind of film. Obviously, same guy. I was looking forward to his Halo movie that never happened. Well, that that became uh, District Nine, didn't it? I used a lot of this. The uh, I didn't yeah, because the, the the Halo film was going to be set in South Africa, and there you go. They used a lot uh, of this. New Mombasa. New Mombasa. Well, you know what I mean. He was uh, meant to be taking on an Alien film as well. I think it got yeah. cancelled. He was going to basically do a sequel to Aliens. So uh, like it would have been better than what we got. We're, we're alive. Well, the concept Ooh. art looked really good. Mm-hmm. Would have been. I'm disappointed. And then, and then Ridley Scott that. was like, "No, I want to do these." Prometheus. <laughs> yeah. oh, everyone just cares about where these creators came from. We all care about the space no jockeys. Shit. Nobody no cares shit. about that. Oh God, shite films. Sorry, but yeah, I like Chappie. I think that's a good pick. Um, very strong artistic design, and as robots go, so far that is the closest robot we've had. <laughs> so <laughs> you're winning on that one. Right, Stig, take us home with your quintessential robot lover. So, <laughs> what? What a weird introduction. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm going to talk about uh, the most fearsome, uh, scary robot that's ever existed. C3PO. No, I'm of course <laughs> talking about the Fembots. Yes. <laughs> No. <laughs> For those who don't, who don't see, obviously can't see, Oodles did the old uh, boob shake uh, machine gun. I love the fembots. Oh no, no she's a fembot. <laughs> before this I get means I'm single actually, again. I, yeah, I do love how they, they brought out Vanessa by just making her a fembot. That means I'm single again. Groovy, yeah. baby. <laughs> uh, no, of course, I'm... Um, going to talk about what actually inspired this uh podcast to come out this week and that is off the terminator oh, bum, 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 bum. 
And I'm going to talk um, a bit like uh, gadgets. I'm going to cheat a little. <laughs> no! Sorry, Piggy. God, I did, I did it. Oh, goals. we've done it again. Oh, wow. We got him confused. Wow. Why? Why? Mike, the belt wild man. <laughs> you, you, you just see hair, don't you? It's just, it's oh, just yeah. expensive. Hairists or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Gadget, we'll just have to wear different wigs each episode. Mm, yeah, you get your, get your uh, cloud, cloud wig, wig. on. <laughs> it's gone, yes, man. I'm glad it wasn't hell. me this time. Right, no, like Biggie, <laughs> I'm going to talk about the T800 and obviously lead that into the T1000 because I think yes. they both deserve to be talked about. Um, but we'll start, obviously, with the Terminator. Uh, uh, the T800 played excellently by Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 1984 film The Terminator, yep. directed by James Cameron. And this is a, a infiltration-based surveillance and assassination android cyborg organism cybernetic yeah. organism yeah over a robotic endoskeleton that's correct and uh he's obviously the whole premise of the terminator is he's sent back in time to kill the mother of the resistance sarah connor and he's just fucking brilliant and scary and arnold schwarzenegger plays that part so Perfect. And he didn't originally want to do that because he thought that it wasn't, uh, he didn't want to play a bad guy. Yeah, he'd just come off a of Conan, hasn't it? Yeah, he? He, did, he didn't want to do a bad guy. He didn't want to do a part where he only speaks 58 lines, yeah. words. He only says 58 words in the whole movie. And uh, when he was convinced to do it, obviously, I think he'll, he'll probably admit that it was the Best decision he ever made in his life. They were going to make Lance Henriksen be the T eight hundred, weren't they? Um, then they put, God, then they put him in the film as the policeman instead. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I remember watching this, and when he gets killed in the film, I was yep. like, "Oh, didn't expect yep. him to get killed." Like so he was easy. supposed to be the T eight hundred, a bit more human like as well. That was the initial. But that's what I love about the Terminator is it isn't mm. just someone who looks normal. It is a big, scary, yeah. hulking man. Hey, man, nice night them. for a walk. Yeah, he's absolutely huge. And, like, from the get-go, it shows, like, how little care he has for human life. Like, what Oodles just did then when he meets the punks, <laughs> he just literally tears the heart out of one of them. It's what you should do to all punks, in my opinion. Like- <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and he's just, from there on, he's just this, it's... It is a horror film, in my opinion. It is like, a horror film. Mate. It's it is. described as a science fiction action film, but I, I find it more of a horror film because he is essentially a bit like a... It's like Michael um, Myers, isn't it? Michael Myers, yeah. yeah. He just constantly yeah. comes at them and comes at them and comes at them. Like, he never lets up. And the, there's a the brilliant scene where he um, smashes into the police station. Oh, God, yeah. And just... Gets out the car with a assault rifle in one hand, shotgun in the other, and he just tears through all of the police. He does anyone that, he does that little shake of his just, shoulder to get the debris off his shoulder as well. Yeah, it's anyone that cool. gets in it in it in, in the Terminator's way is dead. Yeah, do not get in the man's way. Do not say the wrong thing to him. He's not. He's just going to kill you. Yeah, and I think the film as well when he eventually all the skin burns off him. And he's just the Terminator. It's incredible. It's, I think, the jankiness 
of the film. Yeah. So obviously it's set in the 1980s. Well, it's made in the 1980s, so they can't just throw CGI at it. It's all like stop motion and overlaid. And yes, yeah. you can see a bit of the overlaying of the yeah. of the film and that, but the actual stop motion mm. of the Terminator makes him even scarier, in my opinion. They make it so, because so, how, how his skeleton, how his ankles are, they're like balls rather than an ankle. That's right. And yeah, it makes yeah. it so it looks like it's difficult for him to walk, but that's what makes it cooler. Yeah. It does look like it's difficult, but it just keeps coming and coming yeah. and coming. Literally, even to the point that, like, it's still reaching out for Sarah Connor as it's being crushed. Yeah, like God, I think it's it, so I good. think it like oh, scra- sequence is horrifying. Yeah, scratches her or something like then doesn't it? Yeah, like, claws it, it's yeah. St- yeah, it's still reaching out for her like at the end, mm. and it's like, and then obviously when Terminator Two came out, oh the uh, bait and switch, man. Oof, yeah, now Arnie's turned into a good guy. So, but, but you didn't know until a half an hour in. Yeah, so the T eight hundred is unless I'm not sure if the trailer spoils it. I've never seen the trailer. I can't remember. So, I can't um, remember. Obviously, yeah, I was too young to have watched the trailer back then. You probably did. Oh, yeah, he's but... back, but this time he's your friend. <laughs> 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 and so they obviously have um Arnold Schwarzenegger returns as the T eight hundred, but this time he's sent back, he's been reprogrammed to Rescue John Connor. Now, he's a different model, isn't he? It's explained he's a different T-800, isn't he? Yeah, he's a different T-800, so it's not the same. The, the T-800 is, they all look the same. They're, the all, same, they're, yeah, they're all, all on, based, like, uh, like a production line, Yeah, they're based of, on that, of, that particular human. That, yeah. That, that, them features, yeah. But, in uh, so, in the, obviously, the Terminator 2, uh, a new upgraded Terminator, the oh, T-1000, played so. by Robert Patrick, is a liquid metal shape-shifting Terminator. Yeah. Sent back to try and kill John Connor when he's, I think he's what, about 12 or 13 in this film. Yeah. Something like Adolescence. that. Adolescence. Yeah. And so they have sent back the T-800 to a lesser model, and actually a lesser model than the T-1000, to help him. And he just goes from being a murderous, like, has no feelings or anything kind of robot, to being cool as fuck. Oh, yeah. When like, he puts the shades on. Now, 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 yeah. now, now. On his on his on his motorbike yeah. with a shotgun in hand and like just turning <laughs> round, one handed shooting the shotgun and, and mm. taking out. Oh, the way he reloads that he spins yeah, it around, he doesn't it? Spins it round so and shoots cool. the tires out. Like so it, good. Even the way he's introduced is like when when the T one thousand is looking for John Connor and John Connor like sneaks out the back. Yeah, and then he goes to another corridor and there's another there's another this big guy walking towards him pulls the shotgun out of this. Flowers, packet of packet of roses, yeah. yeah, and he's just like, oh fuck, like he's caught between two two of them. Like, like he's caught a between rock this, and a what half he thinks place. is a policeman and a man with a with a shotgun who he's probably just thinking, oh, this is a. I think he's, I, th- I think it alludes that uh, Sarah Connor's prepared him for what a T eight hundred looks like if it ever came. So I think John Connor knew exactly what that was. Potentially, yeah, uh, but then obviously we find out he's good and he's yeah. just like good down and just. Shoots the T one thousand. At which point we find out. Oh, that, that CGI though. Yeah, with a big hole in his chest. Oh god, it's so good. It's 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 it's, it's one thing to remember that like yeah. the, that film was nineteen ninety one. Yeah, yeah. And, like the CGI looks like. I mean, it's obviously what James Cameron's studio was straight after the abyss, out, like, isn't it? Straight after yeah. the abyss, a lot of the same technology. But the fact is, like, you still watch it in twenty twenty one. It still looks fucking good. incredible, yeah, man. So good. I love that film so much. And and the T one thousand as well is. It, it takes all the good stuff from the first Terminator film, 
like yeah. just a heartless killing machine with no yeah. expression, no like there's no smiling, there's no like joking. Like, you know, obviously Arnold's character kind of develops human feelings <laughs> in on, this. Yeah. But like the T one thousand is just straight up murder bot and, and but it's more menacing. He does and- that thing where he goes up to the house and he's like, It's a good looking mm. boy. It's like proper human, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, yeah, and he, he can mimic humans. Yeah. Yes, he, yeah, he can mimic humans a lot better than the T eight hundred could, and it shows you how scary he is from the moment where John's speaking to his foster mother, and you scene. hear her oh, voice. God, yeah, and then it cuts yeah. back to him, yeah. and it's, he's just got her pinned against the wall. Yeah, he's turned his hand. His hand can turn into like a spike, and it's through the milk through her face and just pinned to the wall and it's like it can it can like turn into any non-mechanized form can't it yeah it's play, play with right, weapons yeah. hammers swords yeah. that kind yes. of thing and he, he basically can I think any anyone he touches he can yeah absorb transfor- yeah. transform into them yeah uh, but Robert Patrick is just so he just plays it so perfectly like even it's down so to his, good his, in it his movement um, it's like it's like we we didn't they wanted to get what someone that looked a little bit like Arnie in the face but obviously not in the body. He didn't need to be big because he wasn't covering no. a big skeleton. That's why. I like mm. the running. You know when he's chasing oh, after God, it, it's and so the good. way he runs and like. Do you, oh. do you know there's, there's there's a bit of trivia that, that that sequence where he's chasing Edward Furlong on the bike mm. um, through the car park. Uh, the director actually had to tell him to slow down because he kept catching yeah, up with the yeah, bike. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> he's too fast. He's, like, he's such a good. He's like a proper sprinter. He was a pro- proper sprinter in the eighties. So he's he's really, the same really when uh, Robert Patrick's in. Uh, he's in X Files and he's always outrunning Scully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, both, well, both Arnie really... and Robert Patrick are both in such incredible shape. You've got no. Yeah. There's absolutely no way that you wouldn't believe that they're covering a uh, metal skeleton. There's just. Not an ounce of fat on either of them. Yeah. No, yeah. And, and he's a really interesting choice because I don't recall him in anything else, like apart from maybe the X Files. I think he was in a few and like TV dramas, like made you for can TV. Imagine the pressure on him, mm. basically trying to pull off what Arnie did in the first movie to have this role as a Terminator. He must have been bricking it when he. I think back up then, that though, role. the original Terminator wasn't the hit that they, the, the obviously the sequel destroyed like box office records, but the first one wasn't as big a hit as it is now. It was, a, it was, it was, it was, it was like a VHS hit. Yeah, VHS, yeah, like. Yeah, but I think it was because that justified all the expenditure on that. I mean, property. anything James Cameron, Cameron wanted throwing, to do justified, yeah. <laughs> justified the release yeah, of if it. Yeah, Cameron's got a good idea, which it's obviously getting done. here. Well, Robert Patrick obviously was the second, wasn't even the first choice. Originally, yeah. it was going to go to O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson, yeah. <laughs> Just could not imagine O.J. Simpson. Oh, right? he's a murderous psychopath as well. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> the only thing you'd have likely seen Robert Patrick in before Terminator 2 was uh, Die Hard 2. He played O'Reilly. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Oh, yes, he, yes, he is, isn't mm. it? Yes, yeah. And uh, do you know um, a bit of trivia about Arnie as well for the second one? Is that he, he worked out for six months, three hours a day before sh- shooting started because he wanted to make sure that he had the exact same body yes. size He's that he had in the first one. Yeah. So it was it was realistic. So it, it was like it's the same like the scene kind of at the beginning when he's in the he's in the diner. He looks incredible. He's he's, yeah. he's, he's close to a forty year old man in that, and yeah. he looks fucking incredible. I mean, he looks incredible in Terminator Three, <laughs> but. In there, fucking hell, he looks incredible. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But, th- but those two, like, um, the Terminator is an iconic 
character. Arnold Schwarzenegger's made like the T eight hundred Terminator absolutely iconic and less said about current versions and hey, the last down the Terminator line. was good. Eh, no, it wasn't. Um <laughs> not as bad as Genesis. They gave Genesis. him a name, he was called Joe or something on the new one. Yeah. Pop. Isn't it? Isn't it weird how he's such an iconic character where he's had more bad films than good ones? That's the point. That's why I'm that's why I'm cutting it off at Terminator 2. Because they, <laughs> because they then obviously every subsequent film it's like we have to one up them. So now like the third one she can like interact with Terminator. She, she can she can basically do everything that the T one thousand did, but now she can interact with like all electronics and Wi Fi. She makes like a cannon and, in her arm as well. Yeah, and like she can turn her body into weapons, and then the new actually I like Make her boobs bigger. I do for quite no like what they did with the new one. I like the new where, one. I think where it's he good. can split, where he can split his nano, his, his, his form, so he can actually split away from his exoskeleton. Yeah, and he's got the skeleton and his human form. Like, so but remember, in the new one, it's sides. not Cyberdyne, so it's a different type of robot. No, but uh, anyway, but the T eight hundred and the T one thousand, I think. Oh, they're incredible! Absolutely iconic, and yeah. they done. They, they they made a perfect foil for the, for Arnie's character, like where it wasn't the same, but it had some of the same aspects. And but they just yeah. My two my scarier. two favorite scenes from that film are quite downplayed. Like the, my first favorite one is when Sarah Connor first sees Arnie in the second one. Oh yeah, that's good. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. Linda Hamilton, that fucking act in it is impeccable. But my 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 main my my, my proper favorite scene is when she's. She's doing that anecdote about is this my my child's surrogate father? And you see John and and T eight hundred like playing and they're doing that high five and he's hurting his hand and stuff. I think that's such a subtle like human yeah. moment. Yeah. Like, is he going to be with him for the rest of his life? Finally, I found a dad for him that's not gonna not gonna hit him. Not gonna. Do you know what I mean? It's it's such a fucking oh god! It's so clever. I, I think T two is incredible. There's another great scene um, which I only saw this recently. I didn't realize. I didn't how they did it but you know when in Terminator 2 they pull out his chip out of his head yeah yeah and the way they've done it is the camera pans around behind yeah. what you think is Arnie looking in a mirror yeah. but it's, it's not actually, it's, the, there's no mirror there Arnie's on the yeah. other side of the mirror and obviously for those that don't know Linda Hamilton's got a twin sister yeah. so she the sister's on one side of the mirror and obviously the other Linda Hamilton just mimicking is each on other, the other side yeah, the mimicking, and then they're obviously pulling the thing out of Arnie's head, which is obviously just a model that yeah. you can't see because you're behind it. But I just it's never so picked clever. up at the time. It's, nice. it's just such a subtle, very... Mm. Yeah, if you go back and watch that clip, it's so clever how is they that do scene it. In the, it's so easy to is miss. that scene in the, um, in the first one where after, after the fire, he, he singed his eyebrows, and you don't realise for ages that his eyebrows are gone, but that's what makes him even yeah. more sinister. Yeah, he looks. He does look <laughs> he looks weird. Fucked up, eyebrows. and then he's in that motel yeah. pulling them fucking bullets out of him and stuff like that. It's yeah, so yeah, fucking scary, man. You know, one thing I was just thinking about as well with the T one thousand. What you said about how he how he can mimic humans yeah. so well, but he's still so flawed that like it's the little touches, like when he steps through the bars, he can't do tries, it. Yeah, he can't do it with the gun in with his hand. Gun, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he, he really like like there's still things that like hold it because he's thinking hold him back from yeah from being yeah. like actual human. But there's that there is that great. I mean, I love that sequence where he kind of like melts through the bars anyway, because it's like it it it's set up in such a way. You know, they've closed the door, they've locked it, and they're running away, and then they turn back and watch him. He just presses up against yeah. it and goes through. And yeah, it's like like it's the first time you get to really see what he can do. Is that before the floor yeah. scene when he comes out of the floor? I think it is, isn't it? 
It's the same scene. It's the same scene. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so it's basically it's like a, that whole sequence is just like a showcase of what for you the can do metal stuff. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's like unreal a, when it's, it's like, like the first time you ever see it, it's just like oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah, and it's like for the characters to say, "How the fuck are we going to get away from yeah, the guy who is, can literally just go through walls?" And that and little bit where where he's, he's chased the police car and he's put his little spike in it, and the spike's still stuck in the car, and it's shaking, still going, it's still chasing John Connor, isn't it? That yeah. little, you do, it just fucking shows like how powerful oh, man, the it film, is. Man, so good, it's like, such a good film. It's, uh, yeah. it's probably James Cameron's just, best the, film, in my opinion. The way they change as well the T eight hundred from the first one where he's tearing through the police station and yeah. the, and and it cuts to the view of the Terminator where he's literally like anything that moves he shoots. Yeah, and yeah. then the second one, he steps out with that big fuck off gun and you see that view again. But this time he's scanning where everyone is so he doesn't kill anyone. Yeah. He's just yeah. he's just doing it for because it looks a, it looks cool as fuck. Yeah. And B, it's like a, a diversion more than anything. But that bit yeah, when he scans that man at the thing and he, he's, he's checking him and he, he goes to grab him and he pulls his sunglasses out of his fucking pocket. It's so fucking cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, what a film. What a robot. Yeah. Then they ruined it. Excellent. Yeah, so which we stop it too. Yeah, we stop it. Same as The Matrix, there's only one Matrix film, there's only two Terminator films. We'll leave it at that. Right. Uh, there's only three Die Hard films as well. So. We've got a bulging robotic sack, I believe. We do indeed. Um, and we're going to rattle through these as fast as we can. The Weenie Roads <laughs> podcast have just came in. They came with a gif of Robocop. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So cool. Absolutely. It's so cool that they wanted to have Terminator versus Robocop for decades. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert if you've ever read that comic or played the game. Robocop wins. Would you say Robocop stops at one? Does two exist in Two exist in my mind. Three doesn't. Three with a, nin- with a ninja robot. I think yeah. Robocop 2 has its place. It's still uh, tongue-in-cheek. What about that remake mm. that was made a few never years ago? Never seen it. I never bothered with it. Never seen it. <laughs> it took everything away that made like Robocop. Yeah. Like, he's still... Yes, he's yeah. kind of... Just, Is it still yeah. Alex Murphy? Is it just a complete remake? Yeah, but it's just kind yeah, of like... They made him... Oh, I don't did the, know. Did the blast his limbs boring. off with shotguns? It made him boring. I bet they didn't blast him away, did they? Like that Probably scene on the first one was just getting, <gasps> just getting shot. It's <laughs> fucking incredible. So a uh, futile exercise coming. We're going to need a ruling from Candy here. There was a debate in my house about what a robot is. Uh-oh. Does Nick Valentine count as a synth? He's a robot. It's funny you should mention that because that was one of my uh, honourable mentions. That's why I didn't have him on the main. Pod He's a robot in my eyes. I couldn't. Yeah, he, is he? No, he's a synth. What's the difference? I, I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna synths, cyborgs, yeah. androids, just anything mechs. that's mechs. Yeah, anything like that robot, can control Robocop's itself. Technically, not a robot. It's still got human brain. Because we all know robot means slave, doesn't it? <laughs> that's in that uh, that Simon Pegg film, isn't it? When he says robot means slave. Yeah, can you not remember it? <laughs> no, I'm, nope. just, I'm just thinking that maybe that just invalidates my argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was also just I was thinking as well. Oops. Oops. I I always assumed ro- robot is in my in my head canon, robot is something that can be autonomous, it's mechanized, it's created by man. Or a, a, another force, another I don't know if it's a transformer is a robot, but that's not yeah, if, created by if man. You want, if you want to go down this line, robots are, robots tend to be tools. They tend to be things that make cars. Androids tend to be the ones that are autonomous. Yeah. Mm. They count. The Transformers <laughs> are cars, but they're in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm, anyway, count, I'm <laughs> counting Nick Valentine. 
Yeah. Anyway, before Candy passes out, um, he also goes on to say, my son settled on Alpha 5 as he's having a Power Rangers resurgence. My number one had to be Marvin the Paranoid Android, the 2005 version from Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy film played by Alan Rickman. So good. Mm. I like. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before, haven't we, Gadget? We love that, that film. I, know, I think it's, it's so good. Than People don't like it. I'm like, what? We got a, a, a while we've been recording, Sneaky Pete as... Uh, is it Pete? Well, he's a sneaky I bugger. Sneaky. I am sneaky. Yeah, sneaky. Yeah. yeah. Is, he, is his name Pete or have I just made that up? You've made that up. His name is not Pete. Where the fuck have I got Sneaky Pete from? <laughs> <laughs> That's a Amazon. character in something. No, maybe it's I should just read show, show on Amazon called Sneaky Pete. Right, his name's Sneaky Pete from now on. I'm Sneaky <laughs> just said, I know I'm, I'm late, but uh, he better be mentioned. And it's the... Uh, the android, yeah. Yeah, Marvin, the paranoid android. Yeah, yeah. he's brilliant. Uh, Lee Davies has suggested Daft Punk. <laughs> <laughs> they are not robots. They are just men with helmets on. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you know, they, they can be robotic and they do work at harder, faster, better, stronger. That's so, true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Just one more time. A robotic monkey, our own robot, uh, says, if someone doesn't talk about BT from Titanfall. He's in my honourable <laughs> mentions. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, John Cheatham, it has to be Bender for me. Oh, Bender, yeah. Oh, or to give him his full name, Bender Bending Rodriguez. Yeah, I always forget that he's got that Spanish Because he's name. made in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So good. Uh, Debbie Punk. Hang on, it's SA Titan. Are we strapping in? This one. Oh, strap in, strap in. Right. Greetings, moisturised escorts. Okay. <laughs> it's been a while. Hopefully Biggie is back with you, or I won't have listened this far. Wow. <laughs> so I have a few robots I want to talk about. Seeing as Mega Man appeared on the artwork, my main pick has been taken from me, so I'll have to go with my backup picks. <laughs> Poor Gadget. Fuck you, punk. Um, <laughs> beginning with Sasuke. Yes. A little clockwork ninja from Ganbare Goemon Goemon, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Goemon, that's it. I'm going to get all these wow. wrong. Wow. Uh, Fucking... This little blue-haired bundle of badass usually stars as one of the playable characters in the series. Fuck. Basically, Japan's answer to Pinocchio. Yeah. Sasuke was built to be the child that, the crea- that his creator, old man, could never have. <laughs> but unlike Pinocchio, Sasuke isn't an uncoordinated fuckwad that has to rely on imaginary insects to act as their conscience. <laughs> 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 no, Sasuke is a, pint ni- a pint-sized ninja master, armed to the teeth with sharp blades and explosives. Sasuke also has blue hair, and he's a little punk ninja robot that carries knives and likes to bomb things. Love he's a little kindred spirit. <laughs> From the same series, we also have Impact, oh, a clockwork mech. Yes! Created by the same old man that created Sasuke. Instead of a child-sized murder machine, he is he made this Godzilla-sized ninja. Yeah. The fuck are you all watching? Oh, one's incredible. <laughs> games as well. In fact, Co- had the best theme tune as yeah. well. It comes with his own theme tune as standard. <laughs> Whenever Goemon, Ebismaru, or Yai have to fight two to two with some gargantuan gimp, Impact gets summoned with one toot of the Triton shell. Mm. Impact has stated that he also does quite a bit of work in Hollywood when he's not helping the mystical ninja team fight alien pricks and saving Japan. I've never understood I can't wait to read the anime episode. <laughs> I am so down for this anime episode. I'm so ready for uh, it. He also has the advantage of being a video game mecha that isn't piloted by naked school children. Yep. So take no Atlas, you pack of perverts. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that game? 13 something or other? 13, 13, 13, 13 Sentinels. Sentinels. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Yeah, I saw the artwork for that. I remember seeing like the game revealed and going, 
I fancy playing this. And then like the like the school kids go into yep. the meccas and they're all naked in it. I'm like, yep. no, no, let's not. <laughs> Luckily, it's... Ex- How true? do I explain this to anybody who oh, walks into narrative the reasons, apparently. I was just like, oh, the narrative reasons could be that they don't have to get naked. Just take that narrative out of the, <laughs> yeah. the game. Luckily, it's, then it's not a narrative reason. So it's exclusive, to, uh, really it's exclusive to PlayStation, luckily, else I would have played it. I was going to say, it's supposed it to be really good. good. I didn't realise it had that in it. It is, but it's... It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> minging. Lastly, we have to mention Robo from Chrono Trigger. Oh, even my honourable mention. His name and I, even mentioning his name, I can hear his sad little oh, theme tune. Oh, God, Robo. For anyone that has played the excellent adventure and seen his mighty forest knows what I'm talking about. Mm. For Stig and Stig-adjacent cretinous JRPG-hampered individuals, <laughs> Robo from Chrono Trigger is a character that joins your party during this time-hopping adventure. He's a remark. <laughs> Oh, he's, a remarkable, he's a remarkably sweet device that also shoots lasers and rockets. Oh, I always ended up with a cybernetic ball of joy in my team, mostly due to his offensive, offensive and healing abilities. Yeah. Robo is that stereotypically curious being most akin to a child, taking the, the world at different times in with optimistic wonder. I would kill for Robo, happily. What links all these mechanical wonders is that their games should be playable on modern hardware. Thank goodness the Steam Deck is en route to give me the reasonably priced portable console that Nintendo couldn't have been hold providing. Yeah, ma'am. <laughs> now, on to talk about Zero, B.O.B., BT7274, Nick Valentine, and Jack from Gears of but War. more. Oh, Jesus. Or you could play a snippet from Impact's <laughs> theme song and call it even. Deal. I'll do that. Deal. <laughs> Oh god, I go I haven't fought Goemon in years. Oh god <laughs> I used to love Mystical Ninja on the N64. I, Mystical Ninja oh, I, I fucking hate that that guy gets me. I hate it. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Well, your arch enemy always knows you the best. Oh. <laughs> yeah, excellent, that. He did also have a PS saying, helper from the Venture Brothers. I had to cut him from my email because I couldn't sum up the love in a few paragraphs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bobby Wayne, your, your, your man Bobby Wayne. My ex-boyfriend. Yeah, it's coming. Hello, folks. Well, my favourite robot is probably Alpha 5. When I was a kid, I thought Meta B from the cartoon series Metabots. Metabots! Fuck! Metabots was a no series about little fighting is. robots that fought in row battles. I thought the concept was great at the time. Meta B and his owner Icky fought in row battles and earned the new meta parts from their opponent's little victim's corpses, guy. which could be used to upgrade Meta B and unlock new related abilities while working through an overarching <laughs> storyline. Another paragraph I don't understand. Oh, Metabots um, is so good. <laughs> punk, punk I just want to know what the meta fuck is going yeah, on. The other day. <laughs> it is. Yeah, Metabots yeah. is concept- so good. The concept translated well into video games, so when Metabots came out in the GBA, I snapped oh, it right such up. such a good game. There have been a lot more Japanese releases too, and it still remains popular in Japan. Mm. This is a series I often think about when I'd love to see a UK release of the video games to this day, and if I didn't have so many kids asking for LOL dolls and Fortnite figures, <laughs> I would probably source some collectibles for it, just for the nostalgia. They're LOL dolls. I thought they were LOL doll, LOL dolls. Uh, I don't think they could be. LOL LOL dolls are fucking expensive. Fucking but Medibot, for... honestly, yes, the, little Medibee, he's the cutest little yellow boy. Oh, it's so good. 
this is this is just so your peak podcast as well as noodles oh god i thought i met a bots as well in ages smash smashiest clear starts with life don't talk to me about life the best robot is marvin from hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy he's such an unusual and original idea endlessly quotable the idea of a robot that's been given a sarcastic and depressive personality (laughs) works so well in the structure of the show and the film and the book Giving a robot designed for menial tasks a genius intellect and programming him to be depressed just seems cruel. And he goes on to quote, Here I am, brain the size of a planet, and they asked me to take you up to the bridge. Call that job satisfaction? Because I don't. <laughs> I fucking love his design. I love yeah. it. And, and, and Percy, for me, I, the, the, there's a description in it uh, where the heart of glasses doors make a... Yeah. And when they open, and he tells them to shut up at one point. (laughs) (laughs) What have you got to be happy about? Yeah. Um, He says, uh, I'm a huge fan of his original radio show version, but Alan Rickman's portrayal was one of the very rare high points in the film version. I like the film still. I really Um, love the film. Yep. Ray is coming with high modern escapism. Although the me- although media of all kinds tends to depict robots as either powerful killing machines or beep booping mascots, there are still some of these artificial creatures challenging the stereotypes. David is a robot who was created to play the role of a human boy and used as a substitute for families who have lost their children. Although he was programmed to love his quote-unquote parent wholeheartedly, he is no more than a sophisticated toy in the in other's eyes. As a result, the innocent robot embarked on a journey to find the blue fairy heard in a story. However, the question is, does the logic of a fairy tale apply to a sci-fi story like he hoped? I often heard many sci-fi fans miss the good old days of the new wave era. The works in this period are marked by their artistic and literary beauty were quite unique among science fiction. The 2001 AI in the movie is one example of what they were like. David's journey not only showed me a mesmerising noir future world, but also poetically retold the story of a boy ending his childhood and seeing the adult world for the first time. And I think he did a great job. That's the one with uh, Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, Jude Law is the mm-hmm. sex yeah. robot. Yeah. Uh, it was a surprisingly good film. It's got that weird. Hopes it's got that it. weird ending that is a bit like Indiana Jones mm. Four, where they're not aliens; they're like advanced life forms. There's a fourth Indiana Jones film. Yeah, there is. Uh, yeah, a fanfic. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's an AI such a weird like. There's like a meat like a like a a metal circus where they like destroy the robots and stuff like that, like Robot Wars. Yeah, it's it, it's creepy that film because <gasps> it's so yes, creepy. It reminds me of. Oh. Uh, Last, last up, um, is he best boy this week, Angry Kurt? No. 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 Not after last okay. week. Long way to go. Okay. Well, Angry Kurt has emailed in then, saying, Hi, Emmy crew. My favourite robot has to be GLaDOS from Portal. I guess you could say she's an AI too, but she does have a robot form which you battle at the end of the first game. And she's also a potato. Uh, <laughs> GLaDOS has such a distinctive voice and personality with a mix of humour and sinisterism, if that's a word. One of the all-time great gaming villains. Agreed. Also, shout out to Peter Crouch. Stig and Biggie should know what I mean there. <laughs> Doing the robot. Yeah. I mean, I knew what he was talking about there. I know. If he, what, what, if we're, we're thinking we're plebs. <sighs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's the mailbag this week. Hmm. People like robots. People yeah, do robots like cool robots. This was a triumph. Anyway. <laughs> there's, your, there's your end song, by the way. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. I'd already decided on that at the start. <laughs> right. So let's. Get on with the socials, and we'll find out what we're doing next week, and then we'll we'll all meet the patrons at the back, and we'll discuss robots together, like good people. Stig, 
Are you not doing them? Oh, you don't do this bit anymore, do you? I'm doing them. Yeah, this is my turn. I'm just, confu- I'm just confused because, like, you arrived late. Oh, because I've got um, long orange hair as well. Yeah. <laughs> there is that. Yeah, it's so hard to tell Headline. the difference, isn't yeah. it? I know, right? <laughs> so, uh, Andy. There are a couple of other Andy, what's our socials? Um, How do people know, reach out to us? <laughs> uh, so you can find us on Twitter at Modern Escapism. On there, you'll find a link to all of our episodes and socials. You can find us on Discord. We've got loads of channels. We're always active. We're always having a chat. You'll find like-minded people. And we're all a lot of fun most of the time. Um, if you've got any comments, you can either tweet us or email us at modernescapismpod at gmail.com. If you like playthroughs, if you like watching Twitch, you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash modernescapism. Uh, Saturday, Oodles, what are you doing? I, I played a bit last week. I played some um, flight simulator, but my internet were being a dick. Um, we found Stig's mansion. Um, <clears throat> that was fun. <laughs> he was flying over around this, like, <laughs> found, found where I live, and then, like, I was like, he flew over my house and just crashed into a field where there was a house. And he was like, oh, this is Stig's house. It's big That's enough. Garden. I was like, yeah, fine. <laughs> I was aiming for your helipad. Yeah, okay. But yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I'm going to go back to Fable. Um, <laughs> oh, for God's sake, man, finish a you know what I'm game. Like. What, what was it, the promise I promised to, to finish this off? I promised to do all three, fa- all three Fable games. No, um, Look, you did series. promise, you promised the listeners you're going to make yeah, but punk Nobody crack. watched it apart from Candy. Nobody cared, and like if if we just if we're just streaming for each other, there's no point. I think you should. Uh, I think you should do simulator streams. Or simulator. So the lawnmower simulator. Lawnmower simulators. You had like impromptu <laughs> flight simulator. There was like eight people on. I know. I love. I, I, yeah. I, I do love. A, I do, do love a simulator. People are telling me to uh, play these these silly games. No, where you like? I, I don't know what. Uh, the survival games where you like they put you on an island and then you've just got to survive. Those, yeah, yeah, play Rust. Let's see how long Rust. you last. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. Sack off series and well. just do like these daft ones. Yeah, yeah. Games, games that I don't have to complete. Simulator in full costume. <laughs> I, 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 I just haven't found a game <laughs> that that's captured me like um, like Titanfall Two. Yeah, I, that's my issue. The nothing's grabbed me. I've played everything else. There's nothing You've left. Played everything. Have you played <laughs> everything? I've uh, done it all. Oh. Anyway, Monday we have uh, Biggie dies. Biggie's continuing his playthrough Fucking of Dark Souls. Fucking with that! Jesus <laughs> Christ! It's been a year. <laughs> I only play it once a Fucking week. Fucking hell! Play it faster once yeah. a week. Wednesday, gadget. What are you doing for us? Um, we'll be uh, carrying on with uh, Sea of Thieves. Yeah, we will. At least that. that's consistent. I enjoy that. Well, you say that I wasn't on this week. I would say the last, last week I did Returnal because Stick couldn't make oh, that, oh, fuck, let's just talk about Returnal for a split second. That game looks incredible. It is incredible. Oh, my You need to get God. a PS5 and play it. Oh, no, I can't. You'll, fuck it, you'll, you'll rinse it in a weekend. I know. You'll love it. <laughs> it's exactly the game to keep you in a, locked into a loop in a room. I just for need like to be shot hours. at, don't I, for, for, for hours. <laughs> Could be arranged. Put your fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to catch me, I'm like a whippet. <laughs> uh, that looked far too stressful for me. And on Thursdays, I'm carrying on with my Candy's Creature feature, which is my horror stream. And I'm going to be finishing, hopefully, those who remain. Um, it will be, as I said, it will be the final episode. And then I think I'll probably announce on the stream which game I'll be playing. Officially, next. the most consistent Maybe. member of the crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that still has time to change. <laughs> uh, I may be playing Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm not 100% you, have sure. You ever, have we'll you ever actually played it? Because it's ridiculous, that game. 
I never have played it. Gadget suggested that I play it in a certain state of mind. So I we'll played see. it with my son on my happens. iPad and I fucking dropped my iPad. <laughs> it scared me proper bad. I'm unscarable. It's official. Bollocks, mate. You're going to scream. Oh, I've just seen the clips. You're going to, yeah. <laughs> You're going to scream. It's horrendous. I was startled. I wasn't afraid. <laughs> I'm so startled. <laughs> I'm startled. That's a big difference. Uh, anyway, all of our, so you can see my startledness, all of our playthroughs get uploaded to YouTube. So you can watch that in your own time. And we're really making a push to get some subscribers on YouTube because we're not far from being able to get our own link. And I'm not too sure how far away we are, but it's not far. So we'd really appreciate it if you can. Um, we've spoken about our Patreon. So if you'd like to get, give us a little bit of extra money or you're feeling generous and want a little bit of extra content, you've got five quid for Modern Escapees, five for Scorch Sheep or £7.50 for the Biggie Bundle. Now, next week... We're doing something. We're doing something a little bit special, aren't we? Next week is it? What? What yes, could it possibly yeah. oh, yes. be? I heard we've got an anniversary coming up. Oh, have I slept? Are you me? telling me that? <laughs> no, it's not that. That some of us here have been doing this for a year. I've been listening for a year. That counts. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just. I'm just. I'm. I'm just flabbergasted that I've kept a podcast going for a year. I know you haven't. Well, shot they it. said they couldn't make it. But we've done it. So to celebrate, we're going to be doing a live show on Twitch. Uh, you can tune into that. I think we said eight pm, didn't yeah, we, on yeah, Sunday the fifteenth? Eight pm, yep. Yeah, you'll you'll be we'll be advertising that anyway on our socials. So you'll, you can find that on Twitch.tv/modernescapism. I hope you're all excited. You're going to get uncensored, Ooh. unfiltered Biggie, which is the most problematic thing you can imagine. <laughs> what? Excuse me. <laughs> you, might to put a top, you might have to put a top on for it, Biggie. On. Yeah. Can you wear clothes this time? But, and I won't be plugging in any uh, dodgy paraphernalia that I bought off the internet. Yeah. That might yeah. cause any kind of uh, technical any difficulties. Any power shortages. I'll <laughs> be taking down any dodgy paraphernalia. <laughs> they won't have heard what happened before, so I'm going to leave that in there completely context-free and let the yeah. listeners decide what that means, Candy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was hoping. Believe um, me, and- it's not solar-powered what she's got. <laughs> it needs it's a mobile ma- it, of it, dildos. It needs a <laughs> mains <laughs> connector. Many, many power tools. <laughs> the Drildo 5000. <laughs> you may be able to see my wall of tools as well if we do that. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I do stream from Live from the Red you know. Room. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. I'm going to have to decide where I stream from because I'm not sure I want everyone seeing where my, my boudoir. Yeah, the sex dungeon. Yeah, that's. Yeah, the exactly. Problem. Uh, I'll turn my red light on as well. As always, if you have a minute and you've enjoyed our podcast, please consider us consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get seen, and we do read all of our five-star reviews, so we'd love to hear from you, and uh, it gives us a little bit of extra help. And as we've said before, you can you can slag us off as long as it's five stars. Just yeah, we don't read the one stars. Just, just, we, we don't even count them. They don't exist in our minds. But if you want to, if you want to give us a negative review, um, yeah, just give us five stars and we will read that. So, excellent. We'll uh, send a metal Mickey back through time to take you out. <laughs> That's another one of my tools. Oh God! Oh God! Wait, while we do the sex episode, Jesus Christ! It's going to get ready. But yes, uh, we will see you all next time live. Wow! I hope it's. N- like for people listening now, this is it's past midnight, so I hope it's not this late. No, it definitely won't. <laughs> so yeah, start time um, next week. For everyone that's not a patron, uh, we will see you live me. next time. Um, good night and God bless and 
please dream of electric sheep. Bye-bye. How's the power core? Turn it off, you're fusing your house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Line in mode. <laughs> Disco mode Working activated. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs>